It's Jax. What up, Dallas? Let's go. Martin Luther had a dream, but Freddy Krueger had a Ruger. X Malcolm hopped the picture, so now we back to the future. Now we back to these losers embracing death like they used to. Poking up, they just but listen, son, now you leaking that fuchsia. Huh? So who's the shooter? Hum, is it your man? Or was it a fan? Or was it a stand? Huh? I would beg to differ. In hindsight, I bet you he said he was not a nigga. Plus Biggie Smalls was just minding his business, yo. Smoking an Optimo. Somebody got to drop the homie Biggie. has got to go. And they couldn't stop it, no, I wish that they could Yeah, the world needs change, but man, I wish that we would So out a long frown, a man harmed from a four pound His blood ripples on the floor from the wall sound His mama sitting at the wake, hoping the Lord's found Another dead, another gone now, damn George Elliott said that it's best to be what you want to be Fucking do what you want to do So I do what I want to do Bet you did it to floss Bitch, I did what I wanted Bet you did it and lost Bitch, I did it and won it Shit, I'm never coming back Listen, I just want to rap Gee, I told you all of that On about a dozen tracks I don't give a fuck I just, I just, I just want to rap Spitting fire on this track Like a fucking thundercat Plus this mic is bleeding Roho This shit is a no-no Rolling in that low-low Plus I'm from that ball Need a folk, folk, smoking on my logo Ready for the world and we so-so Still with the flow, somebody got a vote, vote Heard the lames and I swear they so-so Too much love for the fame just to go broke You said think I had the rap game and the choke No, I think I got the whole world in a rope, yo Gotta think of damn dog, you crazy Is he the next Jay-Z? My crystal ball is hazy, but I don't know I don't know, maybe Welcome back to the Insane Check Podcast. You're your host, Chris, here. And uh, you guys know that voice that you just heard uh, Jumping in there last minute Being joined by uh, my host on a lot of the shit I record on here, uh, <laughs> like everything, everything but every, everything but movie reviews, and even then, it's like if it's a good like uh, movie, a comic book movie, then you're hopping on <laughs> on a spoiler review. Of so uh, yeah, I mean, no, seriously, between like the Super Tuesday recaps and then the character corners, like I talk to you probably more than I talk to anybody else. It's it's. It, it's I, I, I talk when I say the person I talk to most in the world is my wife, obviously, but then it's a very close. Out. Is Chris right? <laughs> and you know what can I say, yo? We talk about we, we talk about stuff we love, uh, except when we do the insane check. And, and now you now I've somehow recruited my wife to talk and be recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I just want everybody to know. So uh, between two palms is up on the uh, UD Pod feed. Uh, you can listen to uh, Daniel and Susan talk uh, about uh, the MCU and how great those films are. Um, I did not force him to do this. I used to put that out there right now. That was me. Neither did I do do the same thing with the mortgage minute, the monthly mortgage minute. That's all deep on. I have now made him uh, self sufficient when it comes to podcasting on this network. He he now volunteers without me even saying it's, anything. It's becoming a problem. People were now suggesting things for Susan and I to talk about. And I'm like, hey, this, wait a second. And then I tell her, and then she's like, that sounds amazing. I'm like, no, you were supposed to. Damn it. You, you do really. I was gonna say, yeah, you do realize that once you now that you've gotten her started. Like it's not ending anytime soon. Like this is this Yo. little mini series. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. You guys are gonna only do uh, <laughs> the MCU films up to Endgame. Sure, we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once you get somebody addicted to the podcast, let me pretend for now. Let me pretend for now. Yeah, 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 no, no, no. It's fine. Yeah, pretend all you want. It's it's it's, it's perfectly fine. 
Anyway, we're here. Uh, we do the insane check every two weeks. Uh, I, I'm actually really loving the fact that I'm doing it every two weeks because, God forbid, if we did last week, uh, I, I I remember hitting you. Uh, it, th- last week was so fucking insane when it came to topics to talk about. Daniel really hit me. I was like, yo, I'm not on the insanity check this week, am, am I? And, and I'd be like, no, it's next weekend. But God, Let me okay. clarify something here. Every time I'm on this show and we announce that I'm on this show, the world goes to shit. So the last two weeks have been so fucking hilarious. I want credit for that, too. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're absolutely right. You should definitely get credit for this because, boy, do we have a show for you today because there's a lot of crazy <laughs> shit that happened. I mean... I, I I just when I thought I was like you know what I was going into this week this this week alone going you know what last week was so fucking insane but Daniel's coming on this week and you know what this week wasn't that bad and then Ralph Northrum's uh whole it's not me but it is me blackface <laughs> the fact we're gonna that get I I that enjoying the story and absorbing it all weekend it never occurred to me that I was gonna be on the show talking about this. Oh. I can't wait until we talk. I can't wait until we get into it because it's basically like he defended himself by saying it wasn't it's, me that time, but this other time you didn't it's know the perfect about. Perfect story. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> I. It's the <gasps> dumbest story, and I'm so happy it's happening in America during Happy Black History Month, everyone. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah, it's like it, it, it. I think it didn't it drop on Black History like the first day of Black it, History Month. It dropped on the on the very first day of Black History Month. I just oh, thank you guys, thank you everybody. I, I want to thank everyone who's been involved in this. It's just been ah, perfect. Even even to you conservatives who thought that it was gonna be your aha moving against Democrats, and then realizing that we're like, oh no no, he should go. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, you guys actually want him to go? No, that's not what we want because there's a black guy who's that. No, 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 no. All races should be out of all races should be on politics, right? Don't you agree? Right. Don't you agree? How's Steve King doing? Don't you agree? Right, right. Oh, boy. So, no, but before we get into this, we're going to ease into this. I told uh, he was very nervous when I said told him this before we started. And I, I will say this up front to defend Deepon. He's right. Usually, when I tell him I have something special planned for the beginning of a show that he's on, it's something that horrible I've done to troll him. And I can admit that. You guys, I, remember, you guys realize that I was here for the very first unannounced Great Moments Wine Privilege. I was just sitting on this podcast, minding my own business, having a great time with my friend. And then all of a sudden that music started playing and I almost lost my goddamn mind on the air. And you know what? Like Oliver Queen this season, I am trying to make amends and say I am bad and, and I have done wrong and I have hurt those near me. So I am turning over a new leaf. And so we're going to ease into some of the topics we're talking today, not with a trolling thing about Deepom, but a celebration of what I'm calling the newly formed uh, Fast and the Furious superhero cinematic universe. (laughs) So movie, what if I told, this is basically the the 30 for 30 on Fast and the Furious is going to be fascinating. What if I told you a movie about guys stealing cars? And DVD players. I was about to say that. It's, like, we got we to gotta remember this, okay? The first Fast and Furious movie is they stole cars, but they were stealing cars to hijack electronic equipment from 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 eighteen wheelers, which is basically they were stealing DVD players. Okay, we that's how we started. And now in Honda City, we have a no shit legitimate superhero, supervillain. When I, like so. Um, so I'm not going to lie. When they announced they were doing a Hobbs and Shaw spinoff, I was like, I mean, it'd probably be fine because, you know, uh, you know, Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham have good chemistry. So 
be fine, but I just couldn't understand why they're doing it. Like, just, what's the story going to be? And so I wasn't, like, you know, thrilled or waiting for this trailer when it dropped. I saw the little teaser. I was like, okay, here we go. I mean, Idris is going to be in it. That's fine. Okay. You know, when they when they show up and they show that this motherfucker is literally a supervillain and has is bulletproof and super strength. And says bad guy. I was like, okay, we're, well, let's do this. We're, we're, we know what we are. Let's make it happen, it guys. All of a sudden hit me. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is he a supervillain? Did they just do they just create metahumans in the Fast and Furious world? It's a hard yes there, by the way. The answer is a hard yes. Like, nigga, the scene with him running down the side of a building with that woman over his shoulder. <laughs> I'm here for it, yo. I don't. I'm here yo, like, the rock mouthing fuck you to stay <laughs> Like, I was watching people go, like, oh, I don't understand. What do you do? I'm like, wait, have you not been paying attention to the Fast and Furious series for the last, like, For the five- record, if you have something bad to say about that trailer, it should only be, it's too short, and I, I want to see this. I don't have the movie in my eyes right now. Right, right. It, if you say anything else negative about this trailer, I don't want to know you. No, like, this this is this is where the phrase directly into my veins came from. Like, yes. <laughs> What are we doing? Like, how how much must you hate Joy to be like, this isn't even realistic? Like, who is that? If you have that person in your life, get rid of them right now. They have proven you they can't be trusted. Like, uh, look, I, I get people going, well, I mean, I can't, this is just getting ridiculous. Yes, it is. But here's getting. <laughs> first of all, yeah, first of all, getting? Guys, first of all, you guys, were you guys not here when they took down a cargo jet with, with, with their cars? Like, a cargo like, jet. I watched The Rock take out. A submarine <laughs> with the fuck a cargo jet. I watched the Rock throw a torpedo back at a submarine. They dropped their cars out of space. Like, bare hands, Chris. They dropped their cars out of low orbit. They jumped. They jumped a car from one building to another building, a skyscraper in Dubai. Like we've been if here. This guys. is your line. If if bulletproof Idris Elba is your line, and first and foremost. I kind of get it because I hate stringing about that much too. But also, <laughs> I don't get it because what? Well, here's the other thing too. To be, to be perfectly serious about it, one, these films are also good. They get good reviews, and they have been. I mean, think Justin Lin when he took over. I think it was five. Yeah. Um, and he, he decided to say, okay, listen, if you're going to keep making these movies, let's get away from street race and let's make them into like, basically to me, what I look at the fast series are the fast series. And I will also say this getting to this point too, mission impossible. Actually it's been to this point now, mission impossible. Those to me are the last, uh, of a dying breed of pure action films that know exactly what they are. They lean into it and realize that they don't have to sacrifice the story and, and and putting things together to give people what they want. They know why you are getting into the theater to watch a Fast and Furious movie. A matter of fact, to be perfectly honest, the last two were the kind of ones that kind of kind of got with me. Not because they got ridiculous shit in the in acting, because Vin Diesel wanted them to have him act and his his acting with um Michelle Rodriguez and their chemistry is god awful. And they kept putting on that. It, so I look I, at I don't get that decision. Well, I don't. Well, I think it's because he thinks it's it's it, and it kind of is. It's, it's because he had power. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. With with the release of Hobbs and Trout in that trailer, I hope he realizes that he no longer has any power. And and that's my and that's why I'm actually kind of excited for Hobbs and Shaw because I'm like, 
Well, if they if they're gonna do Hobbs and Shaw, like they like with the like to me the the best Fast and the Furious movie is still Fast Six, because that was the one it had Gina Carano in it. It's I think it might be the second one that had the rock in it and like I think, yeah it's the second one it's, the, it's the one the way they just went they just went full like action movie ridiculousness with it and if that's what hobbs and shaw is gonna be i'm all here for it because in nothing and, to and it dude, the winks and the nods like the, the acknowledgement of what it is the whole time like beautiful and and that but that but that's but that's why people when you come in to review it you're okay with it because it's not. These are not films that come in and be serious. That's actually why I knocked six and uh, seven and eight because they had those movies. They're trying to be serious and trying to be heavy. I'm like, no, guys, like that's not what we're here Yo, for. We're here to. I'm be not going to sit here and let you tell, let you lie and say that the Wiz Khalifa song didn't tear your heartstrings in seven. Oh, you talking about when they when they did the party with? Uh, that's different. I'm talking about like that is so different. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not talking about. You're right. You're right. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about the moment with. Um, with, with Paul Walker and the Walker. there, I'm talking about the moments like with with like Vin Diesel and like Michelle Rodriguez and them trying so hard to make that relationship well, work when they're just not. They're, well, they're, there was that, and there was also the thing that Vin Diesel and The Rock don't like each other, so they refuse to be on the same goddamn set. Well, that that's what happened. That, that happened in eight, and so it was very very obvious. So then, what happened in on, seven? Because they put him in the hospital for the entire goddamn movie. I'm not gonna lie though, the, the hospital scene was great because he literally flexed. Out, him like, he flexed out of a fucking cast. How can he goes? <laughs> Daddy has to go to work, and he literally flexes his arm enough to break his cast. What Again, are we, how do you not love these movies? How can you, how can you not love these movies? How can you not love? These? And and not only that, but like what they've gotten to this point now is yo being a villain in a Fast and Furious movie to me is like being a villain in a Bond movie. They had uh, Charlize Theron last time; she was actually mm-hmm. really good. They you know people forget like Shaw and Hobbs. Have we forgotten that? Uh, Shaw is a fucking terrorist that um, murdered Han. No one's like, forgotten. Search the hard tag hashtag justice for Han. People are fucking <laughs> living. I didn't realize it was that real in the streets for Han. Like Han was always cool to me, but like these people, justice for Han. I'm like, oh no. I, I kind of get it because he was a villain. He was literally. But the a- thing is, yo, uh, Hobbs didn't know Han. Right, right. He's like, ain't, ain't, ain't no lot familiar here. What? I'm not. I'm not drinking beer on Vin Diesel's roof. What do you know? I don't know these people. People are like, I bet Han fixed the I'm like, no, I bet this nigga killed Han. I mean, but 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 let's be real here. At this point, your Han could come back. Like Michelle Rodriguez, uh, uh, let at let, this point, Paul Walker could come back. He's come back. Like at this point, yo, anything is my favorite. My favorite tweet about this was someone's uh, the at a a Zalban Fast and Furious twelve new guy. Wait, where are the cars? The Rock smiles. We are the cars. They transform into cars. Some other new guy. Hey, are you gonna turn into a car? Dominic Toretto. Nah, I run on diesel. He transforms into a truck. Title: Fast and Furious twelve. They're cars now. Like that. Like that's gonna happen. Like it's a Twitter joke today. Give him six years. Like I was thinking about so much stuff here. Someone was like, "Oh, I think it was Kirsten, uh three back pieces." Like, uh, maybe they could bring back, you know, uh, some of the characters. Like, maybe bring back Gal Gadot. And at first, I was like, "Man, Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman now. She ain't coming back." And then I was like, "Well, shit, you can cross Wonder Woman over with uh, with uh, Fast and the Furious. Let's fucking go." I mean, they already got a schedule, and now. that's the other thing. You plug this into any universe. Yo, it can work. Like if Dom Toretto pulls up in, in the middle of fucking Endgame, like, hey. So this guy hitchhiking and drops off Ant Man and just drives off. I'd buy it. 
Why not? You know what? You know, honestly, this is actually a really good point. So, um, oh, what is what is um, oh, what is the character's name? Detective Munch. Detective Munch is in Law and Order. Oh my He's God. in Homicide Life on the Street, and he has a cameo in The Wire, which puts them all in the same universe. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Dom Toretto could be your connective tissue. I'm saying let's talk. I'm just, like, let's have Dom meet Groot. Yo. Oh, my God. Let's <laughs> go. I am Groot. I, I am I Dom. Am Dom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anything can work. Anything can work at this point. I, I just, it, it, it really is one of those things. That it's just, people are like, oh, man, I'm, I'm out now. He's, a, he's got superpowers. And I'm like, it's, if you've been watching it, it's the natural progression. Nigga, I'm in her. How are you out? How is this the line? They got superpowers. This shit's unrealistic. Excuse me? They dropped cars out of low Did orbit. Did they freeze you in 2002? Like, what happened? What are we doing here? Let's just go. I, I'm i serious. I'm like, this and, and, and Mission Impossible are two of my, like, these are, because okay, they know so what you're I'm, there for. Full, full confession. I am two movies behind on Mission Impossible. Oh, nigga, you need to catch I know. Up. I know. I know. I've heard that like someone, one of my good trusted friends grabbed me by the shirt when I asked how the movie was last year. And he said, it's the best action movie I've seen in 10 years. And I was like, really? That is high praise. And he meant that shit. So I have to see these movies. But what's exciting is it looks like between Fast and Furious and Mission Impossible, they're both turning into annual franchises. Yeah. Why, why, why not? Like, Exa- yo, I, well, It's a license to print money. To, to me in... And they haven't disappointed. Like even with my issues with seven and eight, I still came out. I was like, I still enjoyed the fuck out of them. So like, like to me, if you the get- eight has eight has the rock throwing a torpedo at a submarine. The Yo. submarine's piloted by Charlize Theron, who you're right gave a really good performance. I thought Charlize um, Theron, which I don't think she she she's still around, so she can still be around. She can still use her again. Uh, Charlize Theron. Yeah, there will be there will be a conglomeration of villains. There will be a Legion of Doom. Oh my god! I just thought about that. You know it's coming. Oh, shit. Like, at the end of this, of Hobbs and Shaw, it's going to be like Charlize Theron waiting on (laughs) Idris Elba in his jail cell, like Tony Stark, like uh, Nick Fury and Tony Stark at the end of Iron Man. Yo, no, I got it. They're going to say, let me talk to you about the Revengers initiative. No, no, no. And they're going to, because that's what they would do. No, nigga, listen, listen, listen. I got it. I got it. (laughs) And this movie, right? Charlize Theron shows up. We know who's with her. Viola Davis is fucking Amanda Waller. James Gunn is doing a Suicide Squad movie. Nigga, let's go. But we're putting it in the Fast Universe. Nigga, let's go. Yo, Suicide Squad versus the Fast and the Furious crew, I would watch. Bruh. I, actually, you know what? You could say anything and then add the phrase and the Fast and the Furious crew, I'd probably watch it. Right, right. Like, I realized that as I was saying. I was like, I don't know what could have come first that made me not want to watch it. Right. I mean, like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Whew. This has been great. Hey, guys, thanks for coming on. Thanks for listening to Insanity Check. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at NCR Network. Um, this has been great. Great show, man. Uh, yeah, see, I told you. I mean, I had to get you set up and and and, and get you some some joy in here. Now, now I'm more nervous. No, we're not nervous because we're going you know, to leave right into the Out of Touch Olympics, which has literally been what 20, 2019 has been. 2019 has been the Out of Touch Olympics with uh, – we'll get into R- Ralph Northam later because I feel like that's a little bit funny. Um, but I first actually want to start with uh, – can we talk about so this is a funny thing, right? There's a lot of people talking about their, uh, people's uh, becoming more open to socialism <clears throat> and talking about uh, capitalism being anti-capitalist and things like that, right? 
And I've always said that I think one of the biggest problems with like people who are anti-capitalists is like their messaging and like you, you're dealing with people who don't understand what any of these words mean. Um, but I will say this. I want to shout out to all the billionaires of the world and uh, to the Republican Party who have in the last mm, good six months made better arguments for being anti-capitalist than anybody else in the world because they they are just what the fuck first you have you know the longest shutdown in government history with uh the republicans acting like they didn't know that this has caused major problems and so in order to deal with that you were seeing communities step up amongst themselves and do things like you know help their neighbor uh doing uh, uh food lines free giving out free food helping things like that i'm like this is literally, you know, and, and then watching as like the government basically says, like give give direction to their employees, basically saying like, well, you can go to a food bank and get your food. I'm like, guys, you do that's that's not that shouldn't be the line that you guys are drawing there. That shouldn't be <laughs> that shouldn't like literally seeing like uh, like the State Department give out emails and, and, and letters to people like, okay, you can give this letter to your bank and tell them that, you know, that's why you like, it's like none of these people understand that that's not how any of this shit works. You giving a letter to your not bank going, I need a little bit of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, uh, what, what, uh, I, um, who was it? It was, uh, Wilbur Ross, the first of, uh, first contestant on our, um, Out of Touch Olympics. Didn't understand why furloughed workers needed food banks. He is the Commerce Secretary, guys. The Commerce Secretary didn't understand why furloughed workers, federal workers, would need to go to food bank to get food. They just send their maids to get them more food. I don't understand what the problem is. Several credit units serving workers at federal departments and agencies have been offering stoppage loans as they have... During previous loans, but it's not clear how even how those how those loans would even be sufficient as the shutdown enters into a second month. I know they are, and I don't quite understand why. Uh, Ross said Thursday, when asked on CNBC about workers getting food from places like shelters, because I mentioned before the obligations that they would they would undertake, say borrowing from a bank or a credit union, are in effect federally guaranteed. This is what happens when you're really rich and you don't understand how borrowing money works. <clears throat> so between this and like I'm sure we're gonna get to Howard Schultz, it's a little shocking because it's like oh we've just abandoned saying the quiet part quiet. We're just saying everything loud now. Well, it 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 you know what it actually is to me it's 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 even worse than before because before it was it was the idea oh. that the the rich the billionaires and all this stuff which by the way i mean we'll get into this later when we're talking about these billionaires who don't want to admit that we now have more billionaires now than we ever had before and it's because of you know leaning attack policies and they're basically getting they're, they're they're getting they're getting handouts like this this is why you're getting all these billionaires you're not getting these billionaires because they work really hard you're getting billionaires now because they are literally getting handouts and that's why we have more billionaires now at this point in time than any any point in history um but at least before i thought it was like I thought they really just didn't care. Like I thought that they, no. did. I thought, I thought, that, I thought, I thought that they literally were like, "Oh, we have all this money, and we're literally going to hurt the 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 people who don't make as much as us." Like, and and while that's still bad, and it makes them villains, it at least makes them, I guess, kind of competent villains. 
what we're finding out with all this stuff is these people are so rich they don't understand how people normal people live like no, the, but I, see, see and this is what you're doing too they got to touch they do understand they just don't give a shit well i think it's both they actively hate the people because they know that unless they abuse these people they can't make more money and all they care about at every turn is making more money. I don't know if we're going to play the Davos clip, but there was a, a, a historian at Davos explaining yeah. these people says, you guys are lying, giving up bullshit about philanthropy and, 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 and equality. We're talking about taxes. We're talking about you people should be taxed at an exorbitant rate because this much wealth in one room is bad for the world. And then uh, the former CEO of Yahoo stands up and he's like, I don't really think we should be discussing this. We've talked about the most employed uh, generation of all time and talks about employment rates. And then a woman stands up and says, you're talking about employment. People have to work three and four jobs to stay alive. Yeah, we're talking about employment with respect. We're talking about employment with humanity. It's talking about servicing the needs of the whole person not just saying oh they've got a job how about a job with some dignity she talked about women who were in um the chicken plants who had to go work in diapers because they weren't allowed to use the bathroom yeah it was it's it called quality of, of work man it, it's the quality of the job like you can't just say we have all these jobs and we have more jobs than ever but can that job feed your family can that job feed you? forget for, i mean at this point forget feeding your family. Yo, fuck your family. Can, can the job feed you, you? Can, it, can it feed you and, and they don't and one, I think it's both. I think it's both. They're out of touch and they don't understand what what these people really go through. And two, they don't understand what these people really go through because they don't give a shit. It's 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 a combination of both. Here's the Davos clip. I wasn't even gonna play it before, but you make a good point. Let me, let me play it now. Turn this volume up. Davos, and uh, and I find it quite a bewildering experience to be honest. <laughs> I mean, fifteen hundred private jets have flown in here to hear Sir David Attenborough speak about you know how we're wrecking the planet. And uh, I mean, I hear people talk in the language of participation and justice and equality and transparency. But then, I mean, almost no one raises the real issue of tax avoidance, right? And of the rich just not paying their fair share. I mean, it feels like I'm at a firefighters fighters conference and no one's allowed to speak about water. I mean, this is not rocket science. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can talk for a very long time about all these stupid <laughs> philanthropy schemes. We can invite Bono once more, but come on, it's, we gotta be talking about taxes. Yeah, That's it, taxes, taxes, taxes. All the rest is bullshit, in, in my opinion. I actually came, because I do believe we have an issue here. And just so we know, this is Ken Goldman, the former C uh, Yahoo CFO. But I have to say, this is about to tell honestly, this is a very one. Yeah, way telling himself. Like uh, again, the other thing in this out of touch Olympics thing is how all of these uh, we're getting into this with Howard Schultz. All of these, all of these billionaires. All right, and again, I, I love the fact that people on, on Twitter have been going out there and, and explaining to people what exactly it means to be a billionaire. That you can make like it was something like you can make a hundred thousand dollars a year, and if you save every single one of your pennies up for like a thousand years, then you'd finally be a billionaire. Which means you'll never see a billion billion dollars. So this. <laughs> My greatest example for what a billionaire is, I tell people, okay, so if you if you made, if you have a million dollars, you can spend, I think, a dollar a day and you'd be out of money. I think it's in like 11, it's, it's, it's not that long. It's cool, faster than you think. But if you have a billion dollars and you live just on the interest, just on the interest alone, you could never run out of money. Yeah. It's ridiculous. People don't understand that. And so you get what what <clears throat> we'll get into this later as I play the rest of this clip is that, you know, people have gotten to we have to go back. You know, I'm gonna say this for after I'll say this talk for after we play the rest of this clip. Decided panel. You know, frankly, what people really want, what really want is a dictator of a job, 
I'd like for the panel to talk about beyond taxes, which every one of you have talked about. The only thing you've talked about in this whole panel on inequality, what can we really do to solve and help solve inequality over time beyond taxes? So before we even get into this, I just want to say, I think a lot of the problems that we're facing, this is what I'm going to say before, and I got to say this before we get into what, 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 um, what's going to be said here in response to that, is that a lot of the problems that, that progresses and I think uh, the people on the left face is we need to rebrand and re reevaluate how we explain things. Um, I honestly think we need to get away from calling some of these things taxes because it's like people go, you hear taxes, it's, it, it generates a negative reaction from everyone involved. We're going to raise your taxes. All of a sudden, you get, you know, no matter what you feel, you're all of a sudden, your heart, t- you, you know, your, 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 your jaw clenches, you're like, what the fuck are you going to mean you're going to raise? What right, does that mean? Right, right. <clears throat> we need to explain what those taxes go to. When you say you're going to raise taxes, it's different if you raise my tax and you tell me every person in this country can have health care. That's different. That means that basically what that means, you then tell people it's like, yes, you're paying more in taxes it's now. Your, it's your patriotic contribution. It's not, well, not not only, but not only that, it, it, it means that your health care bills are now lower. Your quality of life raises with your taxes raising, but it also means that the day-to-day expenses you pay are lower. So you're technically saving money in the long run. I don't we, – we have a financial illiteracy that is, is – prevalent in this country so people don't understand that right again we're talking about this stuff as people are rushing to get their tax refunds from the government when i tell them i'm like you do realize you can get more of this money every day in your paycheck if you if you if you if if you put down you're getting you're giving the government a tax free loan uh, like an interest free loan like there is a better way to do this, and you can get more money instead of waiting to hopefully get your money back. Because that's the other thing too. It's like you might not get all your money back because the government's not going to tell you that you overpaid. <laughs> you know, they're not going to tell you that you overpaid. So you have to then make sure you pay somebody else if you don't have to do your own taxes to make sure that the government gives you all your money back. Like this is like people don't understand how any of this stuff works, and. I think that's that. That's a the larger conversation we'll get into as we go through this. But I think that's that's what we need to start with right there is rebranding and understand and letting people understand what exactly raising your taxes means. Let me tell you something. We're talking about jobs, but the quality of those jobs with poultry workers in the richest country in the world, the United States, Dolores, one woman we work with there, told us that she and her co-workers have to wear diapers to work because they are not allowed toilet breaks. This is in the richest country in the world. So don't tell me about low levels of unemployment. You are counting the wrong things. You're not counting dignity of people. You're counting exploited people. I I want to... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it... It, it, it is it is unbelievable to me that I, I, and, and the, the thing that gets me is as I was hearing the stuff that come out of, uh, out, of, out of Davos, the Davos is the World Economic Forum, um, you know, in in what 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 got me was how read the room, right? Like, how do you not read the room and realize that maybe that we shouldn't be saying this shit right now because. We're gonna like like nothing that came out of Davos. 
outside of this made any of these billionaires look good. Like I, I, I want to <laughs> even say that even like Bill Gates did some dumb shit. But the thing is, they, they, at the end of the day, they don't really give a shit about looking good. That's the, and that's the thing. They don't have to care about looking good. They're telling their truth. They're telling the truth. This is the truth. This is what they think. This is how they view the world. Yeah. I, I think one of the things he said, it was, it was several other things, but he said at one point that uh, he said that uh, uh, poverty is decreasing. And it's like, mm, no, it's not. You know, it, it's it, they, like you said, they, 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 they don't need to see the world differently because from their point of view, when you're up high, you know, everybody's like, I ain't. like you, you don't, you don't care. You don't think you see you. I, they, they seem to be looking at bottom line numbers. Like the CFO from, from, from Yahoo. He was looking at bottom line numbers. Oh yeah. Unemployment's, you know, is down. We got more jobs than ever. It was like, okay, but what are those people doing with those jobs? How many people need to work multiple jobs now just to have the same kind of quality of life that people had, you know, 15 years ago? Like, that's a huge fucking difference. There's this context and nuance to this discussion to be had, and you guys aren't doing it because you're too busy. You 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 literally have turned into Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> you know, don't want to give a don't don't want to give an opinion anywhere. Or you think like um like a point people were pointing out uh, the uh, uh, amount of money uh, that Jeff uh, Bezos gives the you know the the owner of, of Amazon and. You know, I think is he right now still the richest man in the world? If he's not, he's going to have that man killed. Yeah, it's like he's got he's 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 worth over a hundred billion dollars. All right, hundred billion dollars, hundred billion dollars. The amount of money he gives to charity, people were like, if you if you uh uh if you make the X amount of money, like it was like something like forty thousand dollars a year, and you give twenty dollars a year, you give more. That's the equivalent. Yeah, it's more than the equivalency of what he gives. Yeah, you you give more than than the equivalent of what 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 Jeff gives. That's, and I'm like, that's true because. And again, you got to think about it. When they do give, <laughs> you then get a tax break off of that. You get to claim that. So it's like yeah. it's all a fucking scam. It's it's like they're not giving them back their money. They're claiming that they are because they give, they want you to look at the bottom line number that they give. Oh, I gave a hundred million dollars to this charity last year. It's like yeah, but you're worth a hundred billion dollars. That's like me giving like me saying I give a dollar to a GoFundMe, you know, and then claiming myself to be a philanthropist. I, I, that that's not how that works at all. What is what is the quality of work of the people that work for you? That's the great thing to me about the, the whole thing with, with Jeff Bezos and, and Amazon. I was like, you are actually like. There was another story that came out today about that Amazon is going to. Uh, they're, they're they're having they're, they're doing the the two uh, new headquarters and one in New York and one in in uh, in, in Crystal City in in DC. And um, they came out and they were pressed on the one of the the people that works for Amazon was pressed on this. He basically said that, yeah, we're going to oppose any any. Attempt by our workers to unionize. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Why would you? You can't sit there and claim that you're not hurting people's lives, and then you're going to also say, we don't want our workers to unionize, which would also mean that they could actually have protections for them. So that's what you know. Again, again, another word that I think people are are used to has a negative connotation, which is unions and unionizing. People don't understand what that means. And I, I, I really, truly believe that there needs to be, like, I don't wish the media could do this, but there needs to be a whole education campaign uh, cam- uh, campaign to educate the people of America because I don't think we realize how ignorant the majority of people in America are when it comes to things like this. People don't know these things. 
You know, how many yeah. people, um, and, and I don't mean ignorant to, to, to necessarily mean that these people are stupid or anything like that. A lot of them just haven't been taught. I mean, we did the, 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 the monthly mortgage minute. How many people came, came to us basically going like, I didn't know any of this stuff. Nobody ever taught me this, you know? And, it's, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to do that show is because, I mean, yeah, it's my job and yeah, I'm, I'm good at it and I, I think it's important, but more than anything, I think that there's so many, so much fear and so many misconceptions about the ability to buy a house. And that's one of the big markers and one of the people have their takes on things, but inequivocally a good way to build generational wealth is to own property. Yeah. That's, I mean, and when people are conditioned to say, I can't own property, you're saying that I, I don't want, I, I, I've been removed from the ability to give my heirs something to build on. And that's just not true. And so that's, yeah, that, I mean, that's something we did that's really important to me. Like as, as we were doing it, I realized that, especially the feedback we've gotten, it's like, wow. Okay. Well, just now I just want people to know what's out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, another, so again, and just in, all this stuff happened around the same time. And I'm just like, these people could not have picked a worse time to 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 make themselves seem like victims or to 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 explore about their wealth. Um, and this this is a, this is a, this is this is local for me because I, I hate this man. Uh, Daniel Snyder's new hundred million dollar purchase at the first super yacht with a certified IMAX movie theater. All you guys out there who are Redskins fans who buy Redskin um, gear and uh, you know don't want to change the name and don't anything, congratulations! You you guys have just bought uh, Dan Snyder a hundred million dollars super yacht. I want to make something very clear. So there's there's certain things, and if you've listened to UD Pod, um, 127 episodes now. If you listen to me, even in previous podcasts, any sports podcast I've been on, I don't name the team. I used to write, I used to do NFL picks for a website. I always called them the Washington professional football team. Yes, they are. Um, or the, the, I like to call them the Washington but I'll say this. Players. It's kind of fucking bar. It's a bar ass. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like I saw the pictures. Oh, 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 of bar ass. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait, wait, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Oh, that's fantastic. If I can this be, is abhorrent. The ball team is disgusting. Listen. If I'm Dan Snyder's boy, I'm like, yo, you did that shit. It, it, listen, listen, purpose. listen, listen. This is it. This is a super villain's yacht. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I am. Oh, no, no, no. I, this I, is I, a doctor. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sure. I mean, I mean, but, yeah. I mean, this is this is. But it's, I mean, it's still a dope. Yacht. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's got a, it's got a, it's got an IMAX theater in it. That's ridiculous. Yo, I, don't know, I, say, I don't know if you heard, but there's an IMAX theater. <laughs> IMAX theater on a fucking yacht. I mean, it's. <laughs> I'm just ridiculous, but it, it also goes to James. Like, what are you doing? Like, are we serious right now? Like, what, what are we doing? It's called the Lady S. I just the Guardian reported the three hundred. Fuck you! Like, I would have called it something so explicit, so they couldn't print the name. Well, honestly, like, I, I think that's oh. what it, I think that's what it is. It really is a fuck you. I mean. The Guardian reported. Oh, it's, that, well, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, the whole thing is a fuck you. Uh, the Guardian reported that 305 foot ship launched in the Netherlands in October, and decided to take delivery in the spring. The yacht features a helipad, four VIP suites, and athletic facilities to cater to a huge variety of sports, including golf, basketball, volleyball, and soccer. Which that tells me is he has a golf course, a basketball court, a volleyball court, and a soccer field on his yacht. What are we doing? 
Like aside from the fact that I don't actually intellectually accept yachts because I don't understand how they float and I don't care if you physics, I don't care. I'm just telling you in my brain, it doesn't make sense. Um, this is like, that's no one needs that much wealth what are we doing? as we already covered. However, ball ass purchase. And you like, know, that's some stunt shit right there. Like Jerry built Jerry world. Da, 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 da. Fuck Jerry world. I got this big ass boat. Well, no, that's why I'm about to say it is a fuck you because Jerry Jones's yacht was a $250 million yacht. So, uh, peasant, peasant, <laughs> except he broke ass up. I just, what are we doing here? What are we doing? What are we doing? I, I just, and I want to make sure everyone knows fuck Dan Snyder, fuck that football team, fuck them racist ass, fuck it all. Ball or ass purchase. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I, I, will, I will not sit on this podcast and lie to anyone and tell you that that's not a ball or ass purchase. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, listen. Listen. Half this stuff, <laughs> half this stuff is really just to tell, to tell us pores, like, just how poor we oh, are. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, no. This entire story is just people go, this is being yelling at me. Look at you, you poor person. The entire time. That's all the story was. But, right. Wow. Ball ass purchase. I can't argue with it. Yes, I am poor. That's, that's that is a poor. This is a poor. This is a, a poor person's response to this. This, mm-hmm. is a, this is. Yeah. So um, and so this has all been kind of leading up to, um, the biggest. What the fuck are you doing? And you're so fucking out of touch. Former CEO of Starbucks, Howard Schultz, has decided that he's. Well, actually, no. Wait, wait. Let me say, he hasn't said he's actually running for president right now. But he's going around floating the idea that he's considering running for president as an independent because he believes that both sides are equally bad and that the people the thing that American people really want because you know as American people the the, the billionaires are the ones that know the most about what we really want. He says that most people really want something in between. And and when he says by something in between, he means things like, you know, uh Medicare for all or universal health care is not something we all want. Hmm. I think the New York Post or somebody did a, some stupid little article saying something like the the the, the bullying of, of Howard Schultz is, is is with everything that's wrong with politics. He's not being bullied. He's being told no. that nobody wants him. Nobody yes. wants him here. We do we have a quote unquote billionaire now as president and we see how lovely that turned out and that, you know, we don't want the presidency to be run like a business because first of all, the way businesses are run in this country are terrible and are, we're seeing this now. They're not, (laughs) you know, businesses in this country are not run with the little people in mind. (laughs) They are not. And Howard Schultz thinks he's going to come in here and waltz in. And apparently like, I don't know what his poll numbers are showing, but everybody else's poll numbers are basically like nobody wants him. Everybody thinks he should say the fuck. No, there is his poll. His poll numbers saying the same thing, and and that's probably why he hasn't officially come out and say that he is this. It's just ridiculous. Like it's just um, we didn't play this Davos clip, but it's one of the things from Davos when one of the CEOs is sitting there going like, you know, they were talking about um, Alexandria, uh, uh, her her uh, AOC's um. Uh, and not even her. Says a lot of other Democrats are running on this with their tax plans of a seventy percent marginal tax rate. And you saw some of these billionaires complain about that. Oh, it's never one of the big CEOs. Like, oh, it's never been like that. And it's kind of, no successful countries had this. And, and the historian on the, the panel was like, oh, well, actually, 
there has been, the U.S. did it. The U.S. did it. We had a 90% tax rate. That's how they built the middle class. <laughs> you know, it was a 90% tax rate. It was. It hasn't been that way since, oh, oh look at this, Reagan, when he then cut taxes on, on uh, cut it down. And since then, Republicans have been doing nothing but cutting and cutting and cutting. And that's so, when you've seen the shrinking middle class. I, I want to talk about this for a second because it's very interesting that Howard Schultz positions himself as a centrist, whatever. He only talks about tax rates. He owns a billion-dollar coffee stand. Used to. And he gave away the Seattle Supersonics to make a buck. Which uh, Seattle Supersonics fans are not happy. Like, <laughs> Yo, and he only criticizes the left. That's not a centrist. <clears throat> yeah, a lot of people point out. The Overton out. window, I know the Overton window has shifted, but the idea that this motherfucker is a centrist makes me want to vomit. People, people have been pointing that out. It's like... People call them. He was like, "Why are you only focusing on if you, if you're considering yourself a centrist? Why are you only focusing on the Democrats?" Well, did you hear? Did you hear answers when people ask him questions about policy. He says, "I'm not here to answer hypotheticals." I'm like, "Did you just say that I'll tell you all what I'm going to do once I'm president?" Yo, no, no, no. People ask him what he basically how he plans to get anything done. He's like, "I'm not here to talk about that." I'm like, "Then what are you here? What, then why are you wasting everybody's time? Why are you here?" Because that's the, that, that's what everybody else is going to have to do is talk about your policy. You 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 gave this policy. How do you plan on getting it done? How do you plan on doing it? And 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 how do you move forward? And he's just like, oh, I'm not going to do that. He's you know what he's doing? He's doing the Donald Trump. This is what Donald mm-hmm. Trump did. Donald Trump did the same fucking thing. Uh, just honestly, even um, uh, more offensive and racist. But he did the same thing where he's not going to talk about details because he didn't have details. Because he's only coming from a business point of view, and I'm sorry, get the fuck out of here. No, nobody wants that. Um, he compla- he complains about like he 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 shows himself being so out of touch with things, and Democrats are rightly for the show because you're you're trying to play spoiler, you know. Um, uh, let me see, let me see if I can f- play this. This is going to be him talking about the uh, his criticism of the Medicare for All uh, plan, which. To me, like we can debate over whether Medicare for all is the right way to go or not, but the the real thing is universal health care. And to me, when you say you're against Medicare for all, what you're really telling me you're against, you know, universal health care. Yeah. You need to get the fuck out of here. So, so let me see if I can play this. Senator Elizabeth Warren is clarifying her stance on capitalism. Oh wait, nope. Let's see, where is Howard Schultz? Here we go. And of health care. So I'm a little surprised to, to hear this. Well, you're hearing politicians in Washington basically say, what does Howard Schultz know about health care? He's not a politician. Well, he actually knows quite a lot about health care because as the CEO of Starbucks and the guy who basically built it into what it is, uh, he uh, had one of the most generous health care plans uh, which included not just the full-time employees, but some lower-paid workers that would not ordinarily get full-time care, and even some part-timers. And Starbucks was very profitable. He was able to do that while earning a profit. So I th- that doesn't mean that he knows how to take care of the health care plan. It means he used his he great wealth. List. He he get, he got a bunch of wealth, and then he 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 said, "You know what? I can do without the three hundred million dollar yacht, super yacht this this year. We can go ahead and give some of those employees health care." That's not the same that's fucking thing. That's, that's all that happens. That's not the same fucking thing. It's not the same fucking thing at all. I think Howard Schultz actually knows quite a lot about um, delivering health care, at least in the private sector. But boy, this issue has really... All he did was pay for it. 
That's a huge difference. He also has one of the most successful coffee, as Steve, I'll put it, coffee stands in America. So he can afford it. Exploded, and we're hearing yep. everybody now give a different take on Medicare for all or whatever your health care plan seems to be, and I don't think that's going to change. And listen, Rick, he didn't necessarily say that he wasn't um, for Medicare, uh, for having health care for all. He said that morally speaking, he is just that the particular plans that we're looking at are unaffordable. Remember, he's coming at this from a businessman's perspective. Yeah, and so we need to clarify our terms here. Uh, and <laughs> well, what he said is not what he meant. What he said, what he meant. I've talked, Bitch, about, are you serious? I've talked about this before. Um, the only job I've ever been fired from is when I was fired as a coach. <laughs> I'm a Thai coach, right? And um, the guy I work with, you know, whatever. He he always used to, and, and it always used to bother me because, again, I didn't need the job. It was, I liked coaching, and that was my thing. I like training. I like coaching. So I didn't need the job. So I didn't really care if he wasn't paying us the way he should be paying us. I mean, I care about it not paying the other people. In my own like experience, I'm I was like it doesn't hurt me, but it also made me realize how callous he was when he talked about other things. People come in and say, "Hey," and, and matter of fact, other coaches weren't even complaining about their pay either. It's more along the lines of, "Hey, we need equipment. Hey, we need this. Hey, we need to pay for this." You know, we would come out of our own pockets to help you know get our our fighters down to fights and things like that. And it's like I remember you know one time we tried to um when some of the classes were big and we would help out with classes. It was like he would tell us. Oh, Oh, no, no, you can't. If you're not the main coach, you can't actually, you know, uh, put down your hours. It was all fucking bullshit, right? And his whole excuse would always be that he couldn't afford it. Mind you, I knew for a fact, because I can do the numbers, how many students we had. So I also knew how much a month, uh, how much uh, he was charging these students, which was higher than any other any other gym in, 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 in uh, around us. Um, I knew that he drove a, uh, a Mercedes. I knew his wife didn't have a full, full-time job. She didn't work. His kids went to private school. His kids went to camps and things like this. I know he would flew out, fly out to jiu-jitsu tournaments uh, over on the West Coast all the fucking time. I'm like, so when I hear people sit there and say, oh, he's a businessman. He knows how they can afford this. That's bullshit. Businessmen think of what they can get into their own fucking pockets. They're usually not thinking about, okay, let's put this money back into the business and into the employees, into the things that we need to get them their quality of life up as well. That might mean that I have to bring my quality of life down a little bit in order to bring their quality of life up. Most CEOs are not thinking that way. So when you hear people say these businessmen, he's a businessman, he knows what he's talking about, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. You're a billionaire and you have employees that need to file for welfare you're doing something wrong you're doing it's, something wrong it's so the design like and that gets back to the idea of like obviously capitalism but capitalism as an economic theory is one thing capitalism as a governing policy doesn't work um and unbridled capitalism doesn't work because capitalism literally make as much profit as quickly as possible and leave that's what capitalism is and so when someone says, oh, we found a way to game capitalism, let's put them in charge of the country. The answer is no, 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 yeah. no. The he's game. telling you because he says, I'm, I'm a staunch capitalist. That means he wants to burn out the resources and sell it off for, for money and then walk away. It's fucking ridiculous. No. 
And we should get used to this because this is going to go on for a while. So there's a big difference between what is uh, called universal coverage, which means everybody has some level of health care coverage, but it could come from an employer, it could come from the government, it could come from some hybrid system. It doesn't matter where it comes from, just everybody has coverage to Medicare for all. That is a different thing where everybody has coverage, but it, it is, uh, comes entirely from the federal government. It is, it is financed entirely by the federal government. In other words, for everybody who gets uh, insurance through an employer right now, that would go away. That's what Kamala Harris was talking about. That yeah, because they would have a universal coverage through the government. Like, like you got to. Why is that bad? Why is that? Why? What? What are we? What do you? What do you? What are you saying? Um, generated controversy just a day or two ago. So the terms matter here, and what Howard Schultz is saying, uh, he's basically saying, if you want to transition from what we have now to something completely different, where it's all financed by the government, it's going to be enormously expensive. And he's he's totally right about that. Right. I mean, there's no way around that question. So honestly, voters hearing politicians say, "Oh, I'm going to give you Medicare for all," the very first question everybody should be asking over and over again is, "Who's going to pay for it, and how much is it going to cost?" And it's interesting because when the critics attack someone for making a comment like that. Uh, they often are, are pretty harsh about it, which they were. At the same time, Howard Schultz, if he continues with this 2020 presidential bid, is going to have to answer some hard questions. He's not just going to have to rule something out. He's going to have to come up with alternative proposals. Was there anything like that in his commentary? I think you're exactly right. And I don't think Howard Schultz has gotten that far. Um, but look, he. Uh... <laughs> I know it won't work. Which is actually giving you guys all health care. <laughs> so it will. But, hey, I haven't gotten that far. <laughs> yes, he has a yellow notepad that just says Medicare for All. It's crossed out. And there's a question. Nothing else on the notepad. No, I just stopped that shit that would make poor people live longer. Right. I needed to make more poor people so I can put them in the furnace and keep this machine running. Um, it's so wild because... In a lot of ways in this country, we conflate intelligence with we conflate wealth with intelligence, mm -hmm. and conversely, also um, poverty with stupidity, which is another huge problem. But the wealth with intelligence thing is this person, this let's be real, this white man is rich, so he must be smarter than us. Well, people literally thought that about Trump, which they were vastly wrong about, but yeah. Like, Kirk Schilling is allowed to give his opinion on Fox News. Yeah. This nigga throws a baseball fast. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I don't see like it, it's it's so wild to me. Well, I, it, and, they, it, go ahead. And, and, and they're putting these pedestals because they have a dollar sign. Mm -hmm. Failures be damned. Yo, Chris, there aren't many things that are foolproof in this world. Our plan G is one of them. But the second one, <laughs> the house always wins. Mm -hmm. How do you bankrupt multiple fucking casinos and then tell people you're good at this shit? <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. It's it's so illogical. Like I have a small reality break. I just don't. I just don't actually understand it. Well, this goes back to to what I, what I was saying before about how we need to stop and break down what some of these terms and what some of these things mean because it's very very clear to me that um people don't know and so there was something that they were they were they were on the cusp of something here when they were talking about this about people need to explain how they're going to pay for this stuff and i'm like you're absolutely right 
we should explain how we're going to pay for Medicare for all. I think that's an important thing. That was one of the things I had a problem with Bernie. We was going out there, just and, and, and I'm going to say this about some other people who are just saying certain things and throw it out there, and they get people riled up, and they don't have a plan for how you're actually get it done. When I talk about these this 2020 these these uh, Democratic primary candidates, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But like, it goes back to us talking about taxes. All right, yeah, how do you pay for this? Oh, we raise taxes. Oh, whoa, whoa, what's going? On? Well, no, we raise taxes all the time. You know, we raise your taxes get raised. All the fucking time, you know, to pay for certain Often things. Often by bombers, for people who are also um, from companies that are owned in large part but stocked by these same senators who vote for it. Exactly. So if we can raise taxes to pay for the wars, we can definitely cut back on the wars and cut back on some of the defense funding and then raise taxes a little bit to cover universal health care. Because you got to remember, if your taxes – here's another thing too people don't understand. Your taxes to pay for all this stuff might raise a slightly above – what you're already currently paying for your your company healthcare. That's the other thing too people don't seem to understand. It's like you're still paying for your healthcare. If your company is providing you healthcare, very rarely are they providing your healthcare free of charge. You're probably still paying some kind of uh, uh, a piece of that out of your out of your check every month. So if we do this correctly, that would go away. So you're let's say you're paying let's say $150 a month, right? That hundred fifty dollars a month is no longer getting taken out from there. It's going to be part of your rolled up taxes to go again, and those taxes are spread out among the different tax brackets. Which we're saying is that the higher tax brackets would pay the the heavier load, which might actually mean that everybody's paying less for health care, even if it comes out of your taxes. Like these are the things that don't Move get explained. The top end tax rate to ninety percent. If you do that, there's a good chance that you're not paying for health care anymore at all. Like that's a possibility. And, you know, so people will say, "Well, we're supposed to take from these people who and 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 and, and, and no, we're not taking from anyone. They're reinvesting in the system that allows them to gain their wealth." Howard Schultz says, "I'm self-made. People don't like that. People, I'm, the, I'm supposed to be American dream. I grew up in government-subsidized housing and I made myself a billionaire. Hold up, there, Schultzy. Because if you say you did it on your own, who subsidized the housing, Schultzy? Well, not only that, the government." But people pointed out that he grew up in the time when the marginal tax rate was 90%. So Which allowed them to pay for the house that he lived in and allowed him to set, and set him up for the potential to earn that billions of dollars. Like, I, and he's now scoffing at paying back his fair share. Like that's, Let's make that very clear to everyone. He was he benefited from the system. He now is at the top end of that system and says, fuck those people who are like me. I made it. Fuck them. That's what he's saying. And this is and this is why I feel like the us having the conversation about um, changing changing the the narrative and changing how we word certain things. I think that's what needs to happen because to me, this isn't about oh well we need socialism or we need to be anti capitalism. Because again, I'm not saying that any of that is wrong. I'm just saying that you are using terms that have baggage with them. And when you go down those routes, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get into arguments about things that you don't want to get into arguments about. So what you do is you change what we just said here. Like I was when I was raised, my father told me that the, his goal as as a father was to make sure that I do a little bit better than than he does. And then you know uh, if I have kids, that kids did a little bit better than me. Like you pass it on, you pass it on to the the next generation. That's what you do. You 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 put that if you use a ladder to get up to, to get up to the roof, then you put, make sure that ladder is put down so the next people can come up behind you. That's what we're seeing these billionaires not do. They have they they get to where they need to get, then they take that ladder up with them, and then tell people find your own way up. 
I did, which is a lie because, like you said, like you grew up in if you grew up in, in government subsidized housing, but then you're trying to suggest that we take away government subsidized housing, the fuck you doing, dude? You can't just sit there and go, oh, well, you know, you, you can come up the same way I did. No, you just took that, you took that method away. You took that method away. So, yeah, I, 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 he, to me, he's a non-starter, but I think the problem is the arguments he, he's making it, are, are dumb enough to work. <laughs> They're dumb enough to work because people don't understand how the things work in the first place. And so... What I would really love, and then we're gonna get we're about to get into talking about some of these twenty nineteen uh, primary candidates. Um, what I would really, what, what I would really love, because I really fully believe this, I, I really fully believe that this this coming twenty twenty Democratic primary season is going to be long. It's going to be a fucking mess. But if and this is a big if, I know it's not going to happen. If folks focus on the actual issues and having the conversations and if the media got their shit together and actually helped educate the, the, the country like they should be doing, um, this could actually be a really helpful time because it's going to be one of the most progressive Democratic primaries we've ever seen in our lives. That's just a fact. Right now, mm-hmm. uh, every candidate that has, that has declared has, has, is, is working on the, the same kind of – they have, they have different thoughts on all these different things. But they're all kind of the same thing. We're getting we're getting discussion on Medicare for all. We're getting discussion on universal health care. We're getting discussions on uh, taxing taxing the rich, rich, and, and fixing those marginal tax rates. We're getting we're getting all these progressive issues in here. Now each of them have different thoughts on how these things can work and how we get to these things. But that means that that's going to be a really really progressive thing. It's the reason why honestly is the reason why I think he's going to run, but he's going to have a hard time. Joe Biden's considering jumping in. I'm like mm, Joe, you are going to try to use that. White working class, you know, middle of the road, moderate view viewpoint, and you are going to get run out of the fucking primaries because it's just read the room, read the room, the room on 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 the Democrat side is this is is finally you're going to get candidates and the top candidates are all going to be progressive candidates, you know, that's what's going to happen. So what we need to have is we need to be having a legit discussion about these policies. And, 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 and honestly, how they're going to get there, you know, because I really believe that they're, uh, this, I, 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 to me, wanting, having, having platforms with all these issues is, is, is fine, but I really need us to have serious conversations about how we're going to get all that stuff done. Because there's a very, very real possibility that no matter who the president is, um, that there's going to be a Republican still led Senate still there. Yes. And I know people are going, oh, no, we're going to just like we were talking, we brought Bernie last, you know, how are you going to get this stuff done? And people were like, a wave, and it's going to be a revolution, and that's going to, I'm like, fuck all that shit. Let's talk, let's talk realistically. Realistically, we had a wave in the, the House, but we lost seats in the Senate. So, and I saw somebody talk, I, I wish I had, I had saved the, the, the uh, Twitter thread, but they were talking about how realistically you're looking at maybe like, 2028 for getting the Senate back for, I mean, that's that's assuming you don't lose any seats as a, as a, a, you know, I think, I think that, I think that those projections are probably correct. Discounting what this report is going to do to the GOP because, and we're going to get to the story, which made my, this this whole two weeks completely worth it. Roger Stone got uh, arrested 
But it was revealed this week that he had 30 years of RNC documents, which this is just a free piece of advice to any criminal enterprise out there. If you're going to be around for a while, maybe you don't have the same bag man for 30 years. Maybe don't get the bag man that has a fucking Richard Nixon uh, tattoo on his back. Well, I mean, I just I'm not going to tell you to live your lives. I will say this. Maybe just diversify. Roger Stone really. Uh, you heard the phrase all, all those eggs in one basket, I believe, is, is, is I'm, I'm, I'm butchering, but yeah. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Yo, they really are cartoon villains. Don't put all villains. your eggs in one Roger Stone. They, they really are cartoon villains. Like, Roger Stone is a cartoon villain. And I was just like, and I don't mean that, like, to disparage cartoon villains, but it's just like, are you fucking serious right now? <laughs> he, he, mean, he, he means that we figure out what you're doing in 30 minutes, and then you get mad at the dog because it would have gotten away with it, except for him and those pesky kids. Right. I just, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? Like I love that. I, I love. First of all, I love the fact that the unpaid uh, FBI, FBI agent showed up in in tag gear, and again showing the, the the how how fucking hypocritical they are. The um the uh, GOP is now on some like Lindsey Graham. Like, what do they have on Lindsey Graham? What do they have on this man? I mean, I know so Lin, like, Lindsey Graham. Is that like almost halfway as a joke. But you look at like the campaign contributions that were funneled through the NRA and the apparent evidence that the um, GOP knew about that and where all this money went. And then all these Russian, like a new photo of a GOP senator with a Russian that happens every day. What they have on him is they have him. And it's one of those things where like you see Spycraft, like they didn't need to, 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 to let the asset know it was an asset until it needed to be an asset. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm, Lindsey Graham is not a good person to begin with. Like, I just want to make that Fact. fucking known. All right. So when I say when I say what do they have on Lindsey Graham, people are going like, oh no, he was always bad. No, 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 you're right. But there is a marked difference in the way Lindsey Graham is acting right now than when he first acted when Trump got into office. It is very, very clear. Like like Deepak said that he was activated. Somebody showed him. Somebody showed up. Uh, in a darkened room, put some photos down on his desk, and was like, "We have you. You're going to do exactly what we asked you to do." It is very, very clear because the way he's doing or things. Probably, now, it wasn't even that tough. Probably much more subtle. Like, hey, remember that money that we spent? Yeah, we should probably do this for us. I would vote against the sanctions. It's a softer touch than that because I think that, and then maybe I'm giving Lindsey Graham too much credit. I think that if he was pushed, he'd push back. But you're right. I'm giving him too much credit. I just talked myself out of that. I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. It's, it's, it's weird. I mean, he literally sent a letter to the FBI complaining about how the FBI rolled up on Roger Stone. I'm just like, dude, are you serious right now? Roger Stone's a criminal. Like, he is openly, openly defied, you know, Robert Mueller and, and any, and any authority. He's a criminal whose original boss was brought down by the destruction of evidence. So maybe we don't give him time whoa, to destroy whoa, more. Whoa, 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 whoa. To be fair, even the Richard Nixon Foundation basically said, we don't know the nigga. <laughs> Did you see that on Twitter? But, I mean, he's on, payroll, he's on staff. Like, that's a fact. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But I just found that funny when they, when, when they came out. They, were like, they were like, wait. Don't tarnish our legacy, Roger. <laughs> when you were too crooked for Richard. Don't drag Nixon's good name to the mud with you. <laughs> <laughs> when you were too crooked for Richard Nixon and his people, like, come on, dog. Like, what are we doing? Ask more questions. And then shows up outside the fucking courtroom, giving them Richard, Richard Nixon victory salute. Like, he's a cartoon villain. Does he know that Nixon lost? I just, I don't think he does. In his mind, like, could have been a bigger, bigger victory we save this country. I just, it's, it's just. I want that level of delusion, Chris. 
I want to be able to lie to myself that completely and that fully about anything. I'm sorry. You know what? Speaking of delusion, uh, hell, I was going to get into the primary, but we, we almost skipped over another delusional character here. The best delusional oh. character, uh, <laughs> Ralph Northrum. <laughs> so if you guys, for some reason, you're living on a rock and you don't know what happened with Ralph Northrum. Um, so I think on on Thursday came out that on his 1984 yearbook page, what what I don't know what 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 uh, school it is. It's some, his medical school yearbook. Uh, on Ralph Northrum's page, there is you can't tell which one of them it is, and there's n- not a good choice here. I think he's going with the good choice. Um, uh, there's a man in blackface and na- standing next to a man in a KKK hood, and that is in okay, there. So, so, I have a take. Mm-hmm. One, I think not identifying which one he is was smart. Oh, very smart. But two, telling us I wouldn't put on that much blackface because it seems like it'd be hard to get off. Tells me, one, you put on a lot of blackface in your time, my friend, to where you know that, that less is more and moderation is key. But two, where do you get the Klan outfit? Right. Because right. I do not work in a commercial retail costume rental space. I'm unfamiliar with these places. As a matter of fact, I own a Santa suit because I couldn't figure out a written one for Halloween one year. It's a long, long story. I don't believe you can just get knockoff clan robes. I have a feeling that as certain parts of certain towns, you can't wear certain colors. That's If they're going to be that dedicated to the brand, I can't think that the clan is going to take lightly to imposters. Now, where'd the clan robe come from? Where's the clan robe now? Is it a legit clan? Like the, the questions that just spill out of all of this are just they're 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 horrifying but delicious. Uh apparently uh somebody counted like thirteen other cases of black ca- blackface in the yearbook. Uh so that was the thing. And remember this is medical uh, schools. Yeah, thank you. This is medical school. So um <laughs> This is not like high school. Thing, when I first heard the story, I was like, here, but like uh, high school, they got the stupid ass kids. And I was like, I was like, it was 25, like 25 med school yearbook. Chris, you know how bad this is? This is how bad it is. I just pulled up CNN.com on uh, my phone. The second article down is this is why blackface is offensive. Nigga, what? Like, and I know we talk about Americans are dumb. Da, da, da. I think that the mainstream white people give actual white people a lot less credit than I do. Mm-hmm. There's not a white person in America who does not know blackface is offended, offensive. You know why? Because none of the people who get caught in these pictures posted them themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you know. Well, well everyone, also, 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 everyone who thinks they did something Halloween is like, take a picture of me in my, my fit. Also, uh, uh, look at my Halloween costume. Not one of these trashy motherfuckers gets outed because they posted the picture. Also, none, no, nobody's come out and been like, hey, you know what? Ralph's a good dude. That's that's actually me in the black face or that's me in the hood. Look, <laughs> no one's laying down for old, old Ralph. Everybody's like, if he dies, he dies. Yo, Ralph's so, defense was. Oh, no, no. We got it. We, we got it. We, we got it. I, 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 I got, he gave the most ridiculous. Um, he gave the most ridiculous press conference. Because first he came out, he didn't didn't respond. 
and, and then it was then it was uh I you know he didn't he didn't acknowledge that it, it was he said the photos were offensive but he didn't really say which one of the people in the photos it was him. Then he finally came out and said that it wasn't him in the photos. Basically, did the thing that dudes who got caught you know cheating on the girl in their own videos saying it's not me. Did um, it's a shaggy song actually? Yeah, it actually is, it actually is a shaggy song. So here we go. Same year, I did participate in a dance contest in San Antonio in which I darkened my face as part of a Michael Jackson costume. I look back now and regret that I did not understand the harmful legacy of an action like that. It is because my memory of that episode is so vivid that I truly do not believe I am in the picture in my yearbook. Okay, two two responses. (laughs) One, first and foremost, knee-jerk reaction, being able to say I did use blackface but not the time you're mad about as a real defense in the serious place is the whitest thing ever one I really should have played the great moments of white privilege uh song for this you realize this no 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 this isn't worthy of the music because this isn't white privilege it's like this is the whitest the dumbest because white people are like wow that was a dumbass like white people are, are taken aback by that defense it's, it's really the, white people were shocked. It's really the Dave Chappelle. Like, oh, I did well, welcome to the cook. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know I couldn't do that. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Whoa! I, I look, oh look, look, look. I know this looks really, really bad, guys. I know it was really, really bad. But if you really want to be mad, I did try to darken my face as as, as uh, MJ. But I remember that one so vividly. Like, first of all, what happened at that party that he remembers that so vividly? Like, how many? Well, it like, wasn't. I, a, it wasn't a party, Chris. It was a dance contest. That's an important part because there's a quote. There's a quote floating around talking about his wife watching him moonwalk in the desert. But I'm not getting into that because no, the second, no, no. Wait, are, you, yes, are you going to no, are you going to yes. the wife thing? The wife stopping him from moonwalking. <laughs> Look, the second and most important thing is I, we have all had yearbooks before, and a lot of yearbooks there's like an ad space in the back where you can buy out a space and some pictures and put some things. So we're we're being led to believe that Ralph bought a, a two bought a full page ad in his yearbook and put a picture of two people he didn't know, none of which was him, on this paid for ad space. Come on, Ralph. Come on, Ralph. I still love the so 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 over under from we're recording this on Super Bowl Sunday over under seven days before he resigns. Oh, I feel like it's got to be like by Thursday. I feel like he's got to be out by Friday. I've been saying Wenzel. He has no way he can be governor on Friday because every, everybody's come out. Like every first of all, all every every of the top. Hillary Clinton's like nigga, go away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hillary Clinton came out. Bernie and Biden finally came out because they were the last two of the primary contenders who hadn't said anything. Because no, all the other two ones, old white men involved in the primary, not contending for shit. Huh? They're all white men in the primary, not contending for shit. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. But I'm just saying they they were the last two to come out because uh, Kamala, uh, uh, Cory Booker, uh, Liz Warren, uh, Kirsten uh, Gillibrand, like all of them already came out and was like, no, this motherfucker had to go. Uh, I was on Did some. Huh? I don't know. I don't know. Did you say anything? I, I'm, she had to have. I've got, her, I've got her muted on Twitter. I've got her name muted. Yeah, she should be muted because, uh, but I, I would assume that she, if her whole try to rebrand thing, I would think she would probably have to be the first one to say something. Um, the very first. 
Rivers. Right. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Justin Fairfax is the um, black lieutenant governor who was also in the news like a week or so ago for uh, taking some down from the diocese uh, for not being um, when they were the the um, legislator were going to uh, honor uh, Robert E. Lee. So he, he sat so, down during that. So this is something I need everyone to remember. So King Day is rough for me because people say things and I have to like force myself not to strike anyone. There are two states in this union where King Day isn't King Day. It's also King and Robert E. Lee Remembrance Day. They they bundle these holidays. Mm-hmm. It's the state of Virginia and it's the state of Mississippi. In case you forget that this country doesn't actually love Martin Luther King, this should be your annual reminder. There are two states that pair his birthday, the birth, excuse me, the honoration day, the honoration of, in my estimation, and, and fight me on this, and I will have the argument, the greatest American to ever live is attached to that of a traitor. Mm-hmm. For the explicit reason to undercut the greatest American we've ever produced. Yep. Sorry, that's one that really bugs the shit. No, no, me. it does. But and, and yes, that, you're, right. you're right. The lieutenant governor, he abdicated his duties for the day, so I, I will uh, not be participating in any, in any uh, celebration of Robert E. Lee. Yeah. This is your next governor, Virginia. Yeah, no. So that that is the guy who's a lieutenant governor. So and he put out the greatest like, I'm not saying he gotta go, but he gotta go statement. Like, have you read his statement? It is so. No. It is so. It is. It is. It is the. This is why I'm like, oh, I can't wait for him to be governor because it's so good. It's basically saying he does. He goes on the road of, well, I know Ralph, and I, you know, I don't, you know, and and I know I've talked to him, and I haven't seen anything like that. But, and then he goes into the but, you know, basically that Virginia deserves better and Virginia deserves a, uh, a, a and basically says, I, I know that going forward, he'll do the right thing. Like he basically all but says, motherfucker, you need to step down. Let me go ahead and take over right now. You know, it's it's so good. It is a great fucking statement. Um, but yeah, it's like, yo, it, this is not one of those situations where, because again, you know, not uh, some states have it so that you vote for lieutenant governor separately from governor. So you can get a mixing match. You can get a, you know, a d- Democrat governor and then have a Republican lieutenant governor. Uh, Virginia has a, has a, has a Democratic lieutenant governor. So at this point, there is no reason like, I, and I'm not saying it would be a good reason even before, but I would at least hear the argument. If there were like some, ter- like if it was like, Oh, what was the guy? Corey, Corey, Corey Stewart or something like that. Like if he has been like the lieutenant governor, then I'd basically be like, all right, guys, I know we're upset at Northland right now, but that motherfucker I, cannot be the governor because he's like, like to the point of Corey Stewart, like literally went to like, like, uh, like Confederate things and was like, like actively bad. So it was like, but I'm like, oh, we don't have, to have that argument right now because you have Justin Fairfax sitting right there. Oh no, the dick gotta go. You you get him out of him. get him the fuck out of here. You can like you can you can replace him easily and then instantly get somebody who is a governor who is more progressive than the one you have right now. This is a I'm no really fucking brainer. Become right with talking head. It is it is it is a no fucking brainer, no brainer. And you know what? Thankfully, and I'm looking at this now. Gotta say, man, I gotta say right now, Democrats have not steered me wrong from uh, Nancy Pelosi basically kicking the shit out of Donald Trump and winning. Uh, and, and again, with the help of getting like people can sit there and go, don't give Nancy credit, uh, Pelosi credit, give the, uh, the credit to the TSA agents that uh, the THA. No, 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 no. Because if the Democrats don't have that long, the TSA don't 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 stop showing up to work like you got to give you got to give the you, you give you can give equal credit, but you got to give credit to the Democrats and Nancy Pelosi keeping her entire 
uh, uh, um, caucus together on this. So they didn't budge a fucking inch. So between that and now seeing all of these Democrats basically come out and say, I know, motherfucker, you got to go. I'm like, you know what? This is a good. This is a good time to be a Democrat. So last week, I, I was joking about how exciting that week was for me because Roger Stone got arrested and Nancy Pelosi beat the dog shit out of Donald Trump, and the Saints didn't get to come to Atlanta. Like you had a good week. It was the perfect week for me. Like it was the happiest I think I could be as a human being. And um, now Atlanta during this um, Super Bowl festivities, measles outbreak. Four cases of and Atlanta Super Bowls are different and weird, and I'm going to take a second here to talk about it because Ray Lewis had a party last night in Atlanta. Ray Lewis threw a Super Bowl party in Atlanta last night. Ray Lewis threw a Super Bowl party in Atlanta last night. I didn't ask. I didn't invite it. I said I wasn't going. Okay. <laughs> I, I was like, nah, I'm good. It's 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 um. It's interesting to see this thing to sit in your city because, you know, trying to get around and you see people and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it has been um, um, a nightmare down here. So I'm very, 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 very happy that I had this good news to lift me up through this hard time. Here's uh, more from Northampton. Dressed up uh, in a uh, – um, what's his name? Michael Jackson, excuse me. That's why I had Pam with he couldn't even remember who he dressed up in blackface. Chris, I think he should lose his. I think he should lose his position for forgetting Michael Jackson. I, yo, right? I mean, oh, actually, you know, we'll talk about that later. I think, but yeah, I just ah, with me. Um, I had uh, the shoes. I had a, a glove, uh, and I used just a little bit of shoe polish to put under my or on my cheeks. And the reason I used a very little bit is because I don't know if anybody's ever tried that, but you cannot get shoe polish off. But but it was a. As a blackface expert, I would never apply that much blackface to my face. That shit's going to take forever to come out. I, only do. I know, I know I only... too much about blackface to have ever put that much shit on is the best defense. <laughs> I only did a little bit of blackface because it's too hard to get the. I just. Who are your advisors that told you that this was a smart way to go down? It was a, a dance contest. I had always liked Michael Jackson. Uh, I actually won the contest because I had learned how to do the moonwalk. I'm trying to find the part where. Oh man, I wish somebody. Had... I'm trying to see if anybody had the the clip where he. Well, apparently he was asked, uh, can he still moonwalk? And he had to look at his wife. And I can't remember what she said. It's something along the lines of not appropriate time or not appropriate, look, not appropriate let me circumstances. Show you, let me show him one good time. Like, what? Not appropriate circumstances. This is not the, the talent portion of the governorship, you dickhead. Ay, man. Oh. I can't do it. I can't. This is just oh. so if he's governor Thursday, like something's gotta happen. Like, I don't know. And the thing about it is, and uh, first of all, how bad is the Republican how mad is the Republican uh guy who lost to him's comms team? Like they'll never work again. Oh yeah. For this not during the election, they'll never work again. All right, all right. How did you guys it's coming out now? It's coming out now because um obviously the the abortion bill 
I told him to the governor's desk. People are trying to um to to to, to scuttle that. But watching Republicans try to get mad about this has been just the only silver lining here, besides the fact that we're getting a black governor in Virginia. Well, oh, it was Eric Erickson had to delete one of his tweets. He basically said, watch all these people that wanted Kavanaugh to go down, you know, not give, not uh, say anything about Northam. And then, like, five minutes later, people were like, no, no, Northam to go. And he had to delete the tweet going, like, so I'm deleting this tweet because apparently I was wrong. But now I just find it weird that we can't, uh, that, that people, he, had, he did a complete 180 to now being like, I can't believe people aren't going to give Northam a chance. I'm just like, you fucking serious right I'm now? I'm telling you, this is how Nordstrom ends up on like with his own show on the Blaze. Like this is what happens next because he cannot work in the spaces he's lived in for the last thirty years anymore. He can't. So if if, if an income is an issue for them, he will be a Republican, a right wing commentator, and he'll be used as like the liberal answer. I get, dude. He will have a show on Fox in two years. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he shouldn't because he listen to the man talk. He can't tell a lie because wow, these are really poorly thought out lies. And two, charismaless. Like if I, I mean, he didn't even ooze like ability for me to be like, maybe he's right. Like no, like I don't know. Like come on, make me like you. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, all right, let's get in. Um, now I can get back into talking about, talking about with the twenty nineteen election. Um, well, the, 20, the, the, the 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 primary. So no, no, I, I think we're we're gonna have a. First of all, I'm I'm trying to avoid social media talking about the candidates and talking about any of these issues with um, 2020 um, Democratic primary candidates because there's no nuance. And I, even the little bit I've done, which is basically just trying to combat some of the the things I've been seeing that are just blatantly wrong, it, it, it turns into the thing where people want to have these arguments. And I'm like, nobody wants to have a conversation. So... I'm taking a page from 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 Rod and Karen, and I'm only going to discuss a lot of these things in, in detail on the podcast. Cause I feel like that's where you can kind of break things down and have nuance and go into context. Because seeing this stuff, like I was complaining yesterday. Uh, so uh, Mariana Williamson, who I believe is like she's an author and she's uh, what she's Oprah spiritual advisor, where the fuck claims she's running for president in the Democratic t- uh, primary. Here's the thing: she's not going to she's not going to go anywhere. We we all know that. Um, but one of her things was uh, offering $100 billion in, in reparations to, to, to the defendants of slaves. And I was like, <sighs> whatever. All right. And I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to take anything. What was driving me crazy was seeing people go, there were two groups of people. One, basically going like, oh, now here's a Democratic candidate that has my attention. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> two was people actually breaking out calculations and trying to break down that, that amount of money to say it wasn't enough. And my whole thing was, it's not gonna happen so why are we even wasting her time <laughs> she's not gonna win it reminded me of the old celebrity jeopardy on snl let's see what you wagered and you wrote texas with a dollar sign next to it that's not a number like it's just like what are you talking about? like these aren't real things she's just why oprah spiritual advisor word no <sighs> answers no and and uh, you know people are like oh well we can you know it's start a conversation we can drink I'm like no it doesn't actually it doesn't start a conversation <laughs> what's the conversation to have what the, the conversation you're having is either it's not enough or uh, what like there, she has no actual fucking details on how this is going to happen how it can work because again going back to what I said before is how if you're going to have a a, a Republican Senate which you more than likely will just because fact. You know, and, and again, this is something that I think, again, we need to go into this election with with a, a, a grounding in reality. 
this idea that you're going to come in and you're going to somehow just magically take back the Senate, it, even if you get you know all these people in, involved in it, 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 it probably will not happen. All right, you need to think that we are we are in a real big deficit when it comes to how many you know Republicans hold that Senate and how that works and because of gentrification. Unless and, they all go to jail, Chris, we got to remember that's right, always right. on the table. Unless they all they go could to, all go to jail. Yeah, like, unless they all go to fucking jail. jail. Right. Um, because of the way that they, you know, the 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 the, the gutting of the the Voter Rights Act, because of voter suppression, all these things, like the maps are not looking good. At le- I think isn't this a census year? So it's not looking good yeah. for at least. Yeah, so it's, it, it's just not looking good right now. All right. So with that in place, like how when she says, "Oh, I'm gonna give 100 billion dollars to some nebulous, you know, a committee that's gonna dole out these 100 billion dollars, uh, 10 billion a year over 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 10 years." Uh, through these like that, those are just words. Like, how do you actually plan on getting that to a Senate? How do you actually plan to do that? Like, my whole thing is it's it's stupid. It's not it's not it's not an actual discussion point. It's not something. It's not something to be taken fucking seriously. And I'm not gonna waste my time on that because it's not. You can take you can you can frame that in such a better better way by saying, hey, listen, we're gonna take a hundred billion dollars and we're gonna use it on a a new deal for uh, inner cities or something, something like that to, that sounds better and, and trying to do that way. But to me, saying something like that, I, I try to point this out to somebody on, on Facebook, was like, that's pandering. That's pandering. How is what right. you, 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 to me, somebody come out there and promising $100 billion to, to, to black people for reparations is a fucking pander. How is that not a pandering? But you, you, you say that what Cory Booker and Kamala Harris and all these other people are doing is pandering. Like, we need to cut through that bullshit. I, I need. To, I, I want to. I want to cut through the bullshit, and so we can actually have legit discussions. Because <clears throat> if if we go down the same path that I've I've seen earlier so far in twenty in January, oh boy, two more years of Trump. You know, two more years of Trump. And, oh yeah. And I'm gonna start this front up because I've seen people say this. Not uh, being anti-Trump isn't enough, and uh, I think that's bullshit. Being anti-Trump should be enough. That is covers that, a lot of bases. That covers a lot. I mean, being anti-Trump in 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 your in 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 your in your, in your position and why you're anti-Trump is a big mission. And first of all, no candidate we've had out there, none of them across the board, has just come out and said, "Well, I'm anti-Trump," and that's it. None of them have done that. So that's that's bullshit. All right. But remember, being anti-Trump means that we don't have a Trump person putting in. Uh, Judges for life. That's the 100%. thing. If you want, if you want to look at what what you're voting for in 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 in, in 2020, should be looking at we don't want somebody who's not going to put in judges, these kind of conservative judges for because what Trump has done in two years, just the two years you've done now, we're not even getting to the full four. Just those two years, it's going to take at least another generation to get through. All right, we we are you are now seeing the effects. The, the 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 lasting effects of what Ronald Reagan fucking did. Mm-hmm. All right, this talk about the, the the marginal tax rates and things like that. This is all from Reagan. That is where you're seeing this shit come from. So this idea that somehow you get a new president and it's just going to be a new day and everything changes. No, what Trump has done in these two years is going to have lasting effects. It's an exponential lasting effect versus how many years he's been in office. Way, way more exponential. It's going to be ridiculous. All right. He's, he's damaged the the office. He's damaged the office. Whoever comes in next has to clean up 
the internet, like just think about international relations. We're Let's just talk we're, just strictly international relations in our in our, our bonds with our allies. Every one of them is damaged. Some beyond repair. This will take a lot of work. We're pulling out of one of the 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 the, the nuclear deal with fucking Russia, which which so, they, they've already so so, so Russia started violating the treaty at the end of twenty eighteen, and as a government, we had two decisions: we could either add extra sanctions or back out of the treaty. Is it like, does he know it's closing time? He's trying to get as much as he can on the way out? Because there's no reason to back out the treaty unless you just refuse to sanction them. That's the only logical, feasible realization to do it. And congratulations, we're now closer to nuclear warfare because of this. We're we're, we're, we're back to recharging the doomsday clock in, in the Cold War. Congratulations, everyone. This is the lasting effects. So... So I, I want to get in front of that for right there. Like, if this was just about uh, somebody not being Trump, <laughs> I'd vote for Maximus. I'd vote for my dog. All right. There are worse places to start. I mean, than just I'm not Trump. Right. So there's that. All right. But we already know we've already said this that that's not where any of these candidates are. All right. All these candidates are there, and all of them have pluses and minuses, and we're gonna have a whole over year, year and a half. To go through all that stuff. The only thing I ask is, what I would like for people to do is have a real conversation about them with themselves about where they fall into these categories. Because I feel like a lot of people, and this is going to sound like a negative thing, but it, and I really don't mean it this way, but a lot of people need to realize that they are not trying to have a conversation or discussion about the 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 the, the candidates, and they're they're firmly in the position of being a spoiler or slash hater. And, and I don't necessarily think that's wrong, but I think it's wrong when you try to present yourself as not being that and trying to say you're having a conversation. You're not having a conversation when you, you, you leave out the context of certain things, of certain things in people's records to form a narrative that, 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 suits, your, that suits your narrative because you don't want to have the full conversation and give everybody the full information. Perfect example of this. Kamala Harris, all right? There's been there's been a lot of talk about her. She's clearly a I'm gonna say it right now she's clearly a front runner. I mean, yeah. twenty two people show twenty two thousand people showed up to her announcement. People were saying she's DOA on, on dead on arrival. I'm like twenty two thousand people showed up to her announcement. Her uh, town hall with uh, CNN was the most watched single uh, single candidate town hall in history. Um, so uh, she's not DOA. So you're gonna have to deal with this, and you're gonna deal with the fact that she's going to be a front runner. Um, so. Her being, she was what the um, the state attorney in California, correct. And um, look, there will be some pluses and minuses from that, but the she was a cop uh, thing. It's like we're come on, guys. We're not. If you want to get down to the details of what she, what the policies were that she supported, then let's have that conversation. A perfect example of this, and I'm just pulling this one example out because it was the most egregious example of people pretty much lying about what the context was everybody's kind of seeing this, this talk about um, that Kamala Harris, uh, U.S. Senator Kamala Harris bragged and boasted and laughed about prosecuting a single homeless mother in January 2010 speech, right? Somebody, uh, first of all, it was, it was put out there by uh, Walker Bragman, which if you find out, I, I've already blocked this dude. This dude's fucking terrible. All right. He's fucking terrible. He's anti-black and he has a lot of things to say about, uh, the black Democratic candidates, but doesn't say a lot about Bernie. It's kind of weird. So, 
So strange. Yeah. So one, check your check your sources and who these people are, and with the and if they're they, they seem to have a, a a harder time on all the other candidates, but not Bernie. Keep that in mind. But here's the thing: <clears throat> what actually happened with the truancy program? Because we were saying that she threatened uh, to lock parents up of of truant student uh, truant truant kids up uh, in jail for at least 180 days. All right. There's a lot more details that go into that. First of all, what you find is that I think out of the, when the entire program happened, maybe only six parents ever actually got prosecuted. Uh, the homeless woman that she's apparently laughing about here, you find out that actually that homeless woman never actually got locked up. Actually, what happened was uh, the program was basically used to get parents to the table. And what ended up happening was they actually got that woman housing. Wait, that doesn't sound like the narrative I was told. Yeah, she, 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 she got the woman. They got the woman housing because that was the point. The point was to uh, get housing and to. So let me see. Um, here, uh, the key point is the purpose of the program was not to criminalize. A criminally prosecutor jail parent or of truant students. In fact, as such an outcome would have meant the program had failed. Its purpose was to use that threat of prosecution to bring parents to the table and initiate a series of steps that involved providing services and resources to parents and did indeed have the effect of lowering the rate of truancy in San Francisco. So it worked. Yes. Um, huh. It wasn't hmm. to lock up these these students. Um, uh, let's see. The the first fact is that the Harris, according to the account, did not prosecute the homeless woman in the question to the extent of the criminal trial, conviction, and punishment because that was not the ultimate goal of the program. The anti truancy program worked in in that case and worked in that case as it was intended by confronting the mother mother with a negative outcome potential outcome of criminal conviction. San Francisco authorities were able to pr uh, bring her into a process that involved providing her help and resources that she would otherwise not have received, while also motivating her. Um, to ensure that uh, children attended school, thus making it statistically less likely that they would end up as victims and perpetrators of the crime of crimes. Harris said the outcome meant that her office was able to dismiss the charges against the mother. Uh, she wrote hmm. the same woman in the 2009 book Smart on Crime, many of whose anecdotes she's repeated in her Commonwealth Club speech. There, she specified the provisions of services, a key part of the truancy program that many of the 2019 critics do not mention, included funding housing for the previously previously homeless woman. This is what I mean. I am not saying that you can't then sit there and go, well, I still have a problem with her using the threat of prosecution against a homeless black woman to do this. You know what? I feel like that is a valid uh, critique. We can even say, were there any other option to try to get, like what was keeping this woman from going to use these services beforehand? Let's have that conversation. But by specifically leaving out the fact that this woman was actually given help and was not yeah. put into jail, you are, for all intents and purposes, lying. It's a bad faith argument. And and, and this is my problem with all of this. There, there's a bunch of people who are sitting on the other side who, one, I feel like if you know you're not going to vote in this next application election, you should also let this, people know that. Because I think that also kind of colors how this is going. Because you have no intention, you have no intention of, of, of participating in this upcoming um, uh, uh, election. So you need to actually set these out and let people kind of have these kind of discussions because you are not having a, an actual legitimate discussion. You are not having 
and you you are you you you're I'll use it you're having a bad faith argument by cutting the stuff out and cutting like I actually got this from Snoops. That's where I found it wrong. Because I was like, yo, let's fact check this. Because if you go and read any of the other articles about this, they don't they don't go into the other details about what actually happened to this woman. They don't go into the actual details of, you know, okay, well, how far did this go? What happened? Because here's the other thing, too, that that kind of gets gets dismissed about this is we're talking about people that kids, these are not kids that just lost, like, missed, like, 10 days of school. We're talking about, like, critically truant students, which typically means there's child abuse involved in this. So when you get there and go tell me that, you, oh, she went after uh, a parent that, you know, true and parents, and, and, and that's what they did, and it's wrong, blah, blah, blah. If these parents are committing child abuse and are specifically not letting their children go to school, that is a criminal matter. I'm sorry, it is. Right. And, and they should be prosecuted. Apparently, when you look at the program, there are like five or six steps before you actually get to the point of being prosecuted. You know, it's basically that they go through, which is actually, honestly, and I understand that people are having this whole, you know, are on this whole prison abolition thing. I get that, that we want to get to that point. Fine. There's going to be some steps in between there, though. And to me, this process here is that step in between where you go through and you have a bunch of steps in between to give people the, 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 the tools they need to avoid going down this road. Any other time, you would have thrown the parents in jail, not given them a chance to get the resources they need, not given them the, the, the help they need, not seeing where, why those kids are not getting into school. Because she even says at one point that, what the old process was is not even to go with the parents. You lock up the kids. You throw the kids into the system. She's like, well, ah, that's not a good thing. Let's go after the parents. We go with the parents, get the parents involved. We can now get the kids in school, find out where these people are missing their services and get there. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, that's actually a good idea. We can sit there and have a debate about maybe we shouldn't use the, the stick, if you will. But like, you know, It worked. It 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 it, right. it got kids back into school, and it got not just got the kids back in school, but it got the families the services they need to make sure those kids got into school. Which in this case was getting the homeless woman you guys are su- suggesting that she locked up, getting her housing. <laughs> like this is where, and then this is not me going. Oh well, you know, got to vote for Kamala Harris. I'm not saying that they didn't have other things you got to look at, but I'm saying that you. Let's have good faith arguments. You can make a good faith argument as to why you cannot vote for Kamala Harris because of the things she's done. You can make that argument. You do not need to lie and omit things like this and omit the details of what actually happened. That's bullshit, and that makes you bullshit. I'm sorry. Like, I'm seeing so many of these people go, oh, people are trying to say that we're just against her because of this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, yeah, because, one, you guys are way too invested in her than anybody else and two you have broken down the actual issues of her into something that's that's that that into cliff notes and these issues are not cliff note issues right you know they're more complicated than that they require real consideration right let's have the and look in the way i'm saying is let's have that conversation dropping it down into a meme ain't it like, meme discussions of politics is not going to get you where you think you're going to get to. It's, it's not. We can have the actual conversation about where, where these things went and how these actually affected people. Yes, let's have that. But you got to tell the whole fucking story. you got to tell the whole fucking story. 
You can't cut out the things that are inconvenient. You can't go, oh, yeah, she locked, she threatened to lock up a homeless woman uh, you know, with a kid. It's like, okay, what was the, what's what's the rest of the story? Oh, well, she ended up getting the homeless woman help and kind of kids back in school. <laughs> I, when I hear for facts, I'm here to be mad. Hmm, interesting. But I'll say that, like, but I, I, and I, I, the thing about it is, and the reason why I don't want to have these conversations on Twitter no more or social media anymore is because I also understand why people are upset. Like, again, another thing that counts with Kamala Harris is the whole, um, like, sex workers are clearly not happy with Kamala. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of the bill, but the bill that basically shut down Black uh, uh, Backpage and everything like that, right? And I get it. And I think this is this is true of a lot of the community. And this is a problem that is pretty much only on the left. And it's because the left is such a diverse coalition of people that make up the left. I feel like a lot of people have gotten to this point where they do not want to hear from people that have cause harm in their their communities whether it's directly or indirectly or you know and, and give people chances and i understand this because it's always a conversation of no let's do the greater good for everybody and then once that they're in office we'll make sure that you know we push them on your specific issue that doesn't affect me but affects you we'll do that and historically we can say that that hasn't happened historically it hasn't Historically, what ends up happening is the same argument that, you know, we, we made about uh, Bernie bros would make to us about Bernie. It's like, oh, well, no, we put it all in for, for education, uh, you know, economic policies for everybody. And then we'll, we'll, we'll deal with the, the specific issues that involve race, right? We know for a fact that this <laughs> is happening. It's do- it, it doesn't happen because groups of people who – people lack this empathy and understanding and way of pushing people. So – I don't know where we go from. We need to have a conversation about that, though, because what ends up happening is you have you have people that are like, well, this I'm not budging on this because honestly, we're always told to wait until it's our turn and it always ends up not being our turn. At the same time, I do believe that any of the candidates that come out of the Democratic primary, you have a better chance of pushing them into the direction that you need to go. than you do if, if say, you get Trump. You know, and I don't know how we reconcile that. You know, I don't know because some of the things are going to be uh, like the, the the issues with sex workers is one of those things that while I I, I support sex workers and I believe more sex workers should be treated like regular workers. They really should be, right? They they should be. Right. They, they, we we should. The problem is uh, that unfortunately, what I just said there is um, not a mainstream belief. Unfortunately. Hmm. And I don't know how you make it a mainstream belief while we're also focusing on, let's say Trump gets another four years, you're still you're not going to make it a mainstream stream belief while you're... Like, I, I feel like a lot of these issues, it, it, it's so much easier when you have somebody that's already kind of on that left side. If you already have a Democrat in the office, it's easier to then make some of these issues mainstream. For instance, LGBTQ issues. I feel like that and, 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 and criminal justice reform, I, I feel like became... Way more mainstream issues under Obama because you had somebody in office that could at least get you at the table. You're not getting that under Trump. You're not getting that under things. And and I understand the idea that you can work these at grassroots level and work their way up. I feel like um, if you don't work out at it for both ends, though, you end up risking the people that have the power crushing out the, the grassroots, which is what we've seen before. 
And like I said, I think these are the conversations I wish we were having during the primary because they're more nuanced. They're more understanding. You have to have understand where people come. Like I understand, like people don't want to understand that they don't want to admit that they're just they're you are literally being a hater. Like nothing that Kamala Harris or Cory Booker or Elizabeth Warren or any of these people can say is going to um change your mind about them. And I think you need to be open and honest about that because what you're telling me then is your other position of, well, we need, you're, you're, you're claiming that we're not going to hold these people accountable. Well, you don't want to hold them accountable because even if they, they change, you still call into question that change. And and that's kind of where I'm approaching the whole thing is that I'm going into the, um, like you said, messy 2020 field with an open mind. Um, my personal, I'm, I'm most excited about Castro because I wanted him to run for VP in 2016. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. He's, he's, my, I, he's my dark horse. He's my dark horse because nobody, nobody says if, nobody said anything bad. I think about he's. Him. Gonna, I think he'll end up. I think. I think he's running this campaign to be a VP. Perfectly honest. I think that he's attractive to me because he has no national voting record, so you can't say you voted for this and this. So you can't harp on the background. The only natural thing he's done was he ran HUD under Obama, and he's able. Uh, like, you, like you mentioned, a lot of these people say, "Oh, the, these changes are for the platform, or changes just to be electable." There's none of that there. Exactly. So if you want to discount people's changing, you can't do that with him. So for me personally, I'm taking all these platform, all these um, candidates on their platform, except for, of course, Gabby, Joe, and um, Bernie. But everyone else gets a fair shake with me. I, of course, look at their history, look at their records, but I'm going to look at their platforms first and right. see how they address any, any incongruities. But, yeah, Castro is one of my uh, – I've been a Castro guy since probably – Fourteen. Well, I think that's the thing that we need to start with. I think everybody should start with what the platforms are. Then, because they haven't see, released it, no one released the platform yet, and that's everyone's like, I couldn't possibly vote for. Them. Like, you don't know what they're going to do. Exactly. Let's see what the platform is, and then as you go through the platform, compare their platform with what they said in the past, and then start hitting them on that. Like, go from there. Like, let's allow go them from, to reconcile that. It gives them the chance to reconcile. Right. So many because if we say we want people to change, if they have changed, if they have grown, if they have learned, I want to see the work. Right. So, so when you come in and you say you're not going to do that up front, then you're not having a, you're not having a good faith argument. I cannot take you seriously. Like so many of these people get mad when you say you're not going to take them seriously, but it's like, but you, you've gotten to this place where you're not trying to have a conversation. You're not trying to even have a, a honest discussion. And I, I, and to go back, I think this is part of the problem with the internet the inter- and why I'm taking this up off of social media. It's like social media and, and Facebook and Twitter, they're built for debates, not for, actually, I'm, let me take that, but not even debates. They're, they're built for arguments, not for actual debates, fights. not for, not for discussion because you're not trying to have a discussion. You know, when you go through here and you admit things because you, one, because the medium doesn't allow you to put a, a full breath of, of a conversation, like you're not having that. And so many of these people, like when you came, like so many people just came out so forcefully against like Kamala or anybody else. And I'm just like, like she hasn't even put a platform out really. She hasn't really done like why are you and then and then some and then the other part of this is I saw people getting just I, I think the other thing too is why I think Kamala and, and, and Booker get so much uh hate right now, even from black people, let's be honest, because they are black. And there's this idea that they're using their blackness to get votes and that people aren't gonna look past their look past their skin color to see their records and what they are and be, and people are going this hard in them to, to punish them to show see though these people aren't you know all black folk aren't aren't kin folk and i'm just like get the fuck out of here with the bullshit well there's also there's that and there's also this weird belief and i think rod touched on their show this week is said there can only be one yeah this idea that there can only be one black person right now there can only be one black voice in this picture that there can only be one black podcast 
I'm saying people feel like if you're cheering for one, you're, you're, you need to denigrate the other, but you can say, oh, let's see where it ends out. Like, let's, let's just have, let's have them both be in the field. That let's seems never the, to be an option. Like, let's who's going to be the, the black today? Let's have the conversation. But beyond that, and I noticed this when, oh, let me see if I can find this. Um, there was a, who, somebody did, there was a video basically of, um, maybe I didn't save it. Maybe that was good that I didn't save it. It was this, this video of um, the this argument between black uh, conservatives and black liberals and things like that. And oh, it, I saw. I didn't click on that shit. No way. And uh, you know what? It's on my. It's on my Facebook page. Let me go see if I can find it. Please don't. It's okay. We don't. We don't. No. It, is it? Well, it's important because it. it's important because for me, what I heard from them when they were speaking was, um, and I think this is true for a lot of these people, who um who say this about Obama and why they're so hard on, on black candidates. And they don't want to admit this, but it's true. And they think it's true about a bunch of us. They voted for Obama because he was black. They mm-hmm. did not, they did not do their proper research. And uh, you'll be surprised if you go back and look at some of these, 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 um, uh, black activists and black people who are so anti Obama now and anti this and are so like radical, you'd be surprised how many of them were pro Obama and were all hoping change and Obama when he first started. And what you find out is none of them actually did their proper research into Obama or how politics works, and they got dis- they got disenfranchised and dis- they got you know. They- we're seeing that similar with Trump because I know that we I I, I believe that a lot of Trump voters were. For racism and sexism and all that shit, but a lot some Trump voters were like, "Oh, that's a white man. I'm not voting for this woman." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what you get is you get these people getting upset, and um, they're then throwing that at the rest of us, going, "Oh yeah, see, you guys just don't know anybody." I'm like, "No, I actually did. I." Knew what we were getting, and actually, actually, very. I was actually very skeptical of Obama at first because I was like, I gotta hear what it, I gotta wait for his platform. I gotta wait for this. I gotta wait for this. And some of those same people now are all like, oh nope. So here we go. This is um, oddly enough from Vice, which also had a major layoff of people this week. Ohio. I went to one of the worst schools in Akron, Ohio. I went to the military, risked my life multiple times. There is no reason that every single black kid on the block can do that same thing. Oh, no. Yeah, guys, this is how it's going to be. I don't understand, especially a black person. Uh, Three words or less, what is your reaction when you see a black person wearing a MAGA hat? There's a story. Independent-minded brother. Bold. Confused. (laughs) Independent-minded brother. God damn it, these people are stupid. Does no one take her? You do you. Looks good on you, can't fit on my head. I saw true hate coming from the left, and it was white yes. people calling me Uncle Tom. Pretty much, white people telling me I'm not black enough. Aunts won't speak to me even now. I got aunts that don't talk to me because I'm, um, I want to be white. The people that call me the nasties, all kinds of like, oh, house <laughs> Uncle Tom, like all this stuff. I've been called a bed wench. That's how racist the left still is. For the black conservatives, how do you align with white conservatives when they speak mal of black people? You, like call, my- you call them out. My whole yeah. thing that's like Not for me. Not even calling them out, but just no, how do you stand with them when they are speaking mal against you? How do you stand with Hillary Clinton like, when she not... calls, um, you know, kids super predators? Yeah. 
I, I'm so <laughs> I am so tired of the super. Can we retire that for 2019? She's not even. No, they're so. Hotep and conservative blacks are so close. She's not even running. Can we just retire super predators? Can we do that? Can we just? Re- I'm so. Or let's tired. point out that Bernie voted on the bill, and so did Biden. But but that's different. But that's different. Oh, okay. But that's different okay. because they didn't actually call super predators. So that's different. I'm just. Can we can we can we stop with that? Like it's just it's such a it's such a bullshit line and it's so fucking lazy. You know what I'm saying? But there are gonna be some racists all over the place. So now it's like, okay, yo, watch him out. Believing in Trump's rhetoric just morally, I don't understand. Especially a black person, because just him as a person, as a, as an entity, just seem is just super corrupt. Who here voted for Barack Obama? Damn near everybody. Twice. Campaign, Twice. For, campaign for him in 08. A semi-personal question. Did anyone vote for him just because he was black? Not just, but that was a big reason I voted. Three of the four black uh, conservatives in this video raised their hand saying they voted for him just because he was black. At that point, you end this conversation and go, you guys are not serious. You guys are not serious. You all are, you are all calling other people sheep, but you literally voted for Barack Obama because he was black. You had no idea what his platform was. See, I'll admit, it's really funny because I'm a conservative and I was so available to be used by all of the systems that made that person president. This person was born and raised in wealth and privilege his entire life. And the idea Mm -hmm. that this person was somehow more connected to me because we share the same skin color is crazy. But I bought it. That's one reason why I'm conservative now, because I will... You heard that, right? Wait, I thought he was... Oh... You hear, you hear the, you hear the. Yeah, sh- what the fuck? You hear this, the, I want to get to the part where he says superhero. I'm going to, to vote for somebody because of the way they look, and look what it did for me. Absolutely nothing. Who is disappointed with the Barack Obama presidency? I'm Why? disappointed with president. I mean, I'm disappointed I mean, with all of them. Like we're never going to be led to liberation in a binary system. A binary system for black people is literally always going to be us choosing the lesser of two evils. I'm always choosing my death either as a blunt force blow or death by a thousand paper cuts. I feel like uh, the candidates that keep being put up year after year after year keep hardlining us. We're, we're saying we're choosing the lesser of two evils, right? Where I think that it's really important that we see candidates that come from our communities who also recognize the historical debt that this country has to black people and to people of color so that we can move forward. So we know that none of us are free unless all of us are free. Thank you. So, but I, I, I'm when free. it comes to- I'm not got nothing to do with me. I'm so, free. So you voted for Donald Trump. Yes. Would you mind telling us why he won your vote in 2016? Well, first and foremost, Donald Trump won my vote because I was not voting for Hillary Clinton. At first, I really didn't know much about what Trump was doing. I'm looking at my Christian values and I'm realizing this man is really aligning himself with what we truly believe in, you know? And this is a chick who got a felony, who had five years probation. And so what I did was I made a choice to surrender my life to Jesus and live righteously. I'm a businesswoman. I have my own financial consulting company. And the fact that he was trying to cut funding, and he is cutting funding to welfare, that is a very big thing. People don't realize the more money that's spent on welfare is coming out of our taxes. The more you're allowing them to extend their their lifestyle in the projects, the more money is coming out of my pocket. That's part of my problem. I'll end it there. But that was a black thank woman. Thank you. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, yeah, thank you. That was, that was a black woman there. That was disgusting. I, but I feel like there's so many people like yeah, that. People say to me like, Oh, you gotta talk to people to hear him out. Yo, man, 
there's no convincing someone like that. That's not a conversation we had. And there's there's so many people like that that have half a knowledge of what they're talking. Well, actually, I have no knowledge of what they're speaking on, but want to. Like the other guy said, basically, like, oh, we vote. We you know, we we all voted for this superhero in Barack Obama. I'm like, no, we didn't. I did not vote. Like, sure, yes, I I got the Obama open up the shirt with the with the big O in the in the shape of like that looks like the Superman. Logo. I got that. I got that as a shirt, but motherfucker, that's a meme. That's not what I actually believe. Like you actually, you actually bought and sold into a, a political campaign, and I feel like there's so many people that are like that. Though there's so many people who buy in, who have bought into the the, the glam, bought into the glamorous side of political campaigns, not realizing that you still have to hold these people accountable. And that goes back to what I was saying. It's like if we do not hold people accountable, we do not. Pull, uh, we need to first have a discussion of what holding people accountable is. How do you push people to? To the left, how you push people towards your issues. And if your whole thing is, I'm not going to do that, I'm just going to be a spoiler, then that's fine. But you also got to deal with the people that say that that's wrong. Because I honestly, you know, I don't know which candidate I'm going to end up voting for uh, in the Democratic primary. Because we got, again, we haven't had a debate yet. <laughs> there hasn't been a debate. All the candidates haven't announced. We don't know what the hell is going to go on right now, right? So. I do know one thing, though. Whoever comes out of the Democratic primary, more than likely, unless somebody like, unless something some weird happens like Howard Schultz or something like that, I'm voting. Whoever comes out is going to win. And just yeah. like... I, just, mean, I, talked about, I talked about Bernie and Biden, but they win, and guess what? Pull that lever. Right. Because there's another thing, too. And this happens in every single campaign. If you, if you push forward the left and progressive issues you want, all those candidates are going to run on those issues. Like I, I implore people to go and look at what the Democratic platform of 2016 was and what it looked like. Go compare that to Hillary's platform and look at that. I feel like so many people have opinions on what she ran on and have and never took a look at what her actual platform was. And what you will see is that is the most progressive platform of any Democratic nominee we've ever seen even more progressive than Barack Obama's because that's what happens. You know, the, the, the party keeps moving to the left and as it moves to the left, those candidates, because they want your vote are going to move to that left. They're going to move to that. They're going to move to that direction. If they believe that remind everyone that this overturn window of the left, the left is no longer the left. The left is, 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 is a, is only slightly left of where the actual fucking middle is. Like this is this is ridiculous. I'm so upset. It's, it's so, oh, it's so, so no, it's so ridiculous. It's, we are we're arguing over people that are going to have like a three percent difference in their platforms. Exactly. So so like like I said, man. I'm just saying, like, be open and honest where you stand on this stuff. If you're going to be a hater, or be a spoiler. That's fine. I understand that because you need people to understand that you know these issues that affect me affect me, and I'm tired of them being ignored. I'm fine with that. But I think I think it's wrong when you go and then start cutting and pasting to fit your narrative, you know, and do this. Tell the whole fucking story. Put it all out there, and then let's discuss the actual facts and go from there. So, all right, that's my thing there. Uh, we'll 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 continue this every two weeks as I discuss and see how crazy this went because yeah. Um, and this does not mean that you can't laugh at people because I definitely believe people should laugh at Cory Booker because mm-hmm. I think Cory Booker is is a great guy, but God, he is. So try. I have a friend who work in the campaign, so I'm, I mean, whatever. Hey, look, do you do you, Corey? Let's see what let's see what happens. He's so try hard. He's so try hard. He's try hard, Obama. It's, 
Like I think he so, has good. Like the thing is, like when you've got someone who's literally not trying at all, like yeah, maybe you should try the hardest. <laughs> right, right, right. Just like he, if you want to be anti-Trump, try your ass off, and that's what he's doing. Yeah, hey, you know what? The more power to him. Like I said, this is going to be the most diverse and the and the the most progressive candidate uh, group of candidates we've ever had. I I'm excited for the the details that they're going to be putting out. I am not excited for the rhetoric and the bullshit because, as we've already seen, we've only been a month in—not even a month in—because Kamala, she, uh, Kamala, she, she um, announced what like on on MLK Day, so it's only been like three weeks, maybe, and people have already lost yeah. their minds. Like the 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 misinformation I see in people's like comment sections and in people's statuses is—it's been really trying for me not to say anything because I see so many people just saying wrong things, and I'm just—you got to do better, like. When we say go out and do your research, I don't mean go and find an article. I mean, hell, go go research and find out like what actually happened. You can find the bills. You can find more details on these things to find out how these things happen. You should do that. So, all right, um, let's go. Uh, let's do let's do a great moment of white privilege, and then we'll end up with our uh, do you even sci fi bro? Because uh, that is, um, <laughs> I know Deepon has some rants. Which, by the way, I think we, we're, we're it's technically not robots this time, which I think is appropriate. But there was something that somebody oh, said. There's, there's a robot twist. No, there is a robot twist. God, there, there's always a robot twist. God damn it. Um, all right. So. All right, great moments in white privilege. Uh, this week's great moment in white privilege tie, ties into our out of touch Olympics that we've been dealing with all these rich people. So, um, I just, I rich people are just, oh god damn it, they're fucking out of their goddamn minds. <sighs> a fifty-three year old housekeeper was trapped in the elevator of her billionaire employer's New York apartment building for three days last week. What, excuse me, what caused the elevator to malfunction is unclear. But a woman's in stable condition after being rescued Monday morning and has since been released from the hospital. I know you're going, why is this a great moment of white privilege? Um, it's because um, I didn't want to read the uh, headline because it's actually it's just too glorious. So, being trapped in an elevator for approximately 72 hours is a difficult thing to endure. This should not be controversial. But this woman's feet was not impressive enough in one of her employee's neighbors, who was also another rich person on the Upper, rich, uh, upper East Side. And let me see if I can go ahead and play this this audio of, of what he said. Even can last well over 72 hours with food and seven, sorry, 72 hours without water and seven days without food. So what she went through isn't anywhere close to the limits of human endurance, but it's just beyond what we're used to because uh, we've become so civilized we've lost uh, touch with our true strength. This is Wilbur Ross. This is Howard Schultz. This is all these motherfuckers who have no, who see no value in people who don't make as money as money as in lives. I don't see what the problem is. You could have lived another day. What a bitch! Like that's that's what he said. And this is a guy who I don't know, but I know of him. He spends little. I mean, he has children. The 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 help raised them. When it comes to making a meal, he couldn't do it. Cleaning his home, he doesn't do that either. We didn't, I didn't go into this, but Howard, Howard Schultz didn't know how much a box of cereal costs. Why would he? When's the last time Howard Schultz bought a box of cereal that didn't come on a pallet? 
We saw that. We saw this with, with Trump when he basically fed the the Clemson local football local team with, with 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 McDonald's food on food on platters. It's just like. Don't get me started on this bullshit. Which, this which by the way, shout out to the Clemson play. When we find out that the, uh, most of the Clemson players that showed up weren't actually the starters or anything. Like only six of what, six out of the oh. fifty some players that were black out, of, out of the fifty seven black players on the roster, eleven showed up, and um, of the eleven, one of them is someone who actually played in the national title game. Zero starters. <laughs> oh boy. Like I just like it's it, to the point of being like they're they're like they really they're they're all Mr. Burns. They've all turned into Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. It's just like, or Matt Groening already knew this. I, One of the two. Just you know, and the funny thing about it, what he said is like, we've become so civilized, we've lost touch with our true strength. You've lost, you've become so rich, you have lost touch with humanity. When you look at it, oh, here it, we go. Let's drop him in the wilderness for six days. You see a, what happens? A fifty-three-year-old. Hey, we're not even testing. We're not even scratching the the, the, the length of human endurance. Fifty-three-year-old woman for. Three days stuck in an elevator. Ah, not a big deal. <sighs> God, I love the great moment to white privilege, guys. Just, just. All right, time for do you even sci-fi, bro. <laughs> All right, so I volunteered. Oh, wait, the music. Got the music. The music. Gotta, play, gotta play the music. Gotta play the music, man. Oh, my goodness. Gotta play the music. Gotta, gotta let the music come in, get us the Blade Runner music, get it, get it going. So we can kind of get in the mood for, you know, uh, all this fucked up shit that we should know uh, about because we watch enough sci-fi that this is all terrible. So go in. Okay, so I'm going to start this with, I fucking told you so. Now you're saying to yourself, well, Dupalm, you're right about a lot of stuff. What this time did you tell us about? And I say thank you for recognizing my rightness. So it was announced um, on, I think it was yesterday, a popular DNA kit company just gave the FBI access to its entire database. Chris. Chris. The entire database. You mean giving your DNA to brought, some random company online is probably a bad idea? I brought this up originally because when they found the um, the serial killer who Patton Oswalt's late wife had been writing about, they yeah. did it by using familial DNA submitted to a DNA testing service. And I said, everyone, this is the future. Congratulations. Don't give your DNA to anyone that's personal data. And so the company is now um, Family Tree DNA, one of the largest private genetic testing companies, is cooperating with the FBI to give its agents access to a genealogy database. The partnership, first reported by BuzzFeed News, marks the first known time a consumer DNA kit company has voluntarily given law enforcement access to a private database. Detectives have increasingly turned to DNA databases as a way to jumpstart cold cases, but previously kept searches limited to public and free databases, such as in the recent Golden State Killer case. In that option, law enforcement relied most heavily on GED Match, an open source database. Family Tree DNA was also subpoenaed to provide the identity of a single user who was a genetic match to the killer. What this means is, Chris, you and I are smart enough to say I would never evidence behind committing a crime. No, I'm just kidding. We're saying that we would never voluntarily give our DNA to anyone. But if someone in your family has, because of familial DNA markers, if you and I were to commit a crime or need to be framed for a crime, Trace DNA could do that. Yep. I you gotta and, and, and you gotta think about this too. Is 
DNA, I'm pretty sure, should fall under PII. <laughs> and we do know companies are not really good at holding that stuff. So how many times do you get emails about, you know, your credit card company or somebody losing all their customer data and losing their, uh, um, uh, losing uh, um, social security numbers, emails, and all these other things? Like, hacked last year. Yeah. Like, how, uh, how secure are you? Are, like, this is your DNA. Like, you're you're putting your DNA into spit tubes and then putting it in the mail. Like, like I'm waiting. I'm waiting on that. I'm waiting for that to happen. I'm waiting because there was a, there was a story about how uh, and they've done this before. But um, ICE set up a a fake university and they basically use yep. it as a honeypot. To get, I'm waiting for somebody from for them to realize they can set up a fake DNA company and get you to send your. D- I, I understand I that they haven't done it. What in your world? What in your worldview and the experience that you and I have shared just in the last couple of years tells you that it's not already been done? That one of these companies is not a front for the CIA. <laughs> Nothing. I'm not, and, no, no. And like you, you don't you you know better than the listeners. I can go full tin hat, tin foil hat with some of this shit. This isn't a deep stretch for me. Well, I don't think it's a deep stretch at all. I mean, it's it's it's, it's clear. I mean, it. it we know this. We know we've seen what it comes to. We know that the government works with some of these tech companies anyway, with Facebook and all these other things. We've seen them do this. We we know this. So the idea that they wouldn't be working with a company that is literally cataloging your human DNA, that's not tenfold hat. That's just to me, honestly, this is one of those things like when people sit there and go, um, you know, all the wars were in there, all these conspiracies. I'm like, those are not conspiracies. That's just what happens. Like. Like I don't count I don't count things like that or like this as conspiracies because they're facts. Like yes, of so course they're working with. I, them. I didn't bring this story up because I didn't have a solution. So I, when I read the story, I was freaked out obviously because it's a freaky thing to hear. But I remembered an article I read a little over a year and a half ago on TechCrunch. In a mind-boggling first, a team of biologists and security researchers have. Successfully infected a computer with malicious program coded into a strain of DNA. It's a multidisciplinary team at University of Washington. They were concerned about the security infrastructure around DNA transcription analysis, having found elementary vulnerabilities in open source software and user or labs around the world. So they added a line in DNA code and, and they altered some DNA uh, records so that when it was read by the computer, it gave the computer a virus. It's all terrifying, oh, yeah. but like now, I'm like, like I, I just, guys, this, the future's terrifying. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. And they're doing it like quietly, like they have a database for DNA. And now we could presumably, if let's say you were one of these private companies, maybe you're owned by a foreign government and you said, we'd love to turn over our database and you code one of the, one of the strands. And these millions of lines of code, and you put do it. So now you have a backdoor into, let's say, I don't know, the NSA, FBI, CIA systems, because you wanted the information. Well, here's the thing well, that the stop. Well, Go ahead. well, since we're going full, I don't even call this ten hat for a hat, but just realizing people should be. These disturbed. are I'm reading. I'm reading scientific articles. No, no, no I'm just saying these are two that aren't related that should be related. No, what, what I want to say is, I need people to understand that any technology that you see today. Mm-mm. The government and military has had it for at least 10 to 15 years. So let's think about this. Like we see people playing with the little drones. We've known that the government's had drones way before then. 
you know, the commercial application of a lot of this stuff comes from, you know, basically, you know, the government being like, okay, this doesn't have to be classified anymore. So you need to understand that uh, a lot of this sci-fi shit, if, if somebody's working on it in a lab somewhere, you better believe that the government and the military has come in also to figure out how can we militarize this as well. Te so, TechCrunch didn't find out after the government. How about that? Or before the government, excuse me. Yeah. Um, and so it's what was the movie uh, Enemy of the State? I was bringing this up the Will Smith movie. Mm -hmm. my, my dad worked in telecom in the 80s. That movie came out in 1998. And he said that stuff was, he, he saw that stuff in 1981. Yeah, it was old. It was old by the time they made the movies. This stuff, yeah, this is not tinfoil hat deep home. That's a whole other show that we're not <laughs> going to record, I promise. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is this is something that actually happens. You need to be aware, and you need to be aware of what you're getting with your data. So, it, it, but this is the same thing that happens with um, smart devices. And at this point, you know, I've only seen people with warnings again. It's too late. They're already then. I mean, shit. Like, I so said, you, you gotta you gotta double check your settings on your Facebook. Like I said, I'm telling this. I think I told was I telling the story on. I don't know if I told the story on here or not, but I think I did. As I was over at uh, a Santi sister's house, and her sister has a Peloton upstairs. And it was like, oof, I want to say it was Christmas time. And we were talking about, uh, and I had my phone out and I was on Facebook and things like that. And um, we, everybody was kept talking about the Peloton, 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 because she has a new, she had just bought it. And like, uh, uh, she's friends were asking about it. You know, her sister were talking about it, blah, blah, blah. For the next week, all I was getting was Peloton ads on my Facebook. Yeah. And it's because I had to go through again. The, the microphone has somehow gotten turned back on again. And actually, I know why because I need the microphone in order to do uh, Instagram stories. So I have to have that, the, the, the mic on. And that's how I was picking up things uh, on Facebook. And that was in using that to kind of generate what ads it was showing me on things. Yeah, that's what's happening. So even when you think you're being, and I try to lock down myself as much as possible, even when you think you're locking down as much as possible, if you're using any of this stuff, if you use Instagram stories, your phone is spying on you. It just is. And you have to be under the. You have to be well aware that this stuff is happening and is going on. And maybe you accept it. And I think at this point, all of us are probably have to accept some kind of level of that. But that also means that we should then start putting in uh, these requests because uh, uh, the brings up the next show. But you know the stuff that uh, the whole thing that happened with um, Apple has denied uh, Facebook uh, access to. I think Facebook has a there's a, in, a, the internal apps on their phone because they find out that Facebook was. Uh, circumventing the system and was um selling this app to 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 kids that allowed them basically to spy on these kids like it, it's, it's some completely fucked up right that's what these these texts are doing this also goes back to what we were saying about how you know there need to be regulations on these companies you know there needs to be understanding of what they're doing and how they're they doing it they need to be destroyed before they here's only thing happened either the government breaks them up or they've fallen on themselves and then the data goes out into the wild wild goddamn west so that's preemptively good go no i was gonna say that's a good point it's like what happens if facebook implodes on itself it's over where, where does it go? because you've got to realize going? particularly with this dna stuff we are the product i read this online some um woman said that whenever Whenever a 10 year old wants to download an app, she makes a right out of a one page report on where the app came from, who makes it, what's the company's goals, and how do they monetize the data that they're getting. And I was like, shit, I should do that for every app on my phone. Mm -hmm. just, to, just so, if anything, you're at least thinking about what, what benefit are you getting from this app? 
Mm-hmm. And what benefit are they getting from you? Yep. You got to be aware. Got to be aware. So, um, ah, man, it's a good show. Good show, man. See, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. It it could have been worse. You're right. It could have. But been hey, look, this is a week where I, I got to make fun of Roger Stone, Nancy Pelosi did, did her shit. The Saints get robbed, and Anthony Davis says he wants to leave New Orleans. So New Orleans fans, I know I said I wouldn't show you anymore on UD Pod. This isn't UD Pod. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, oh, tell people what you got coming up uh, on yep. UD Pod. Um, we're going to have a UD Pod reaction podcast after the Super Bowl. should be on Monday morning. We're going to have the second episode of Between Two Palms recording this weekend. It'll be up soon. I'll be sure to announce that. Our second monthly morning uh, MTR Monthly Mortgage Minute will be going up um, mid-month. I've got that scheduled to be recorded. If you have any questions that you want answered about the world of mortgages, udpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I think that's all the big stuff. Of course, you got our stuff, Super Tuesday, every week covering the Flash Arrow. And when it gets back here, Legends Tomorrow and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We've also got Character Corner coming up. I know we're recording Captain Marvel next month, next week, excuse me. Um, I think I talked about everything that I record. Which also ended up being everything I've recorded. So thank you very much. Um, <laughs> yeah, folks. Uh, again, thank you guys very much. Uh, subscribe to Insanity Check on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Uh, you'll get uh, this episode coming out, and then obviously next week will be uh, next weekend will be a Molecules and Shit episode. So uh, just stay tuned, and uh, we'll be back soon. Till next time, right here. Peace. Peace.